0: Round two, my friend. Started? It started. It started. So should I say what happened? Yep. All right. So we recorded this thing two days ago. And then we are completely tech illiterate. We can barely use iPhones. I think that would be a compliment. Yeah. Just saying illiterate. (laughs) And we stopped even with iPhones We gave up on putting and taking music off because iTunes is too complicated. Yeah. No, I'll never do that. I never do the ringtone stuff or anything. I'm never doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I switched to a Samsung for like six months to get that liberty of just being able to put a SIM card in. But then it was too much. Too complicated. I had to come back. So now I'm back (sighs) on the iPhone. So we suck at tech. Shout out to NerdSing. So whoever's listening, go to his Instagram because he helped us set this thing up so good man but basically we recorded this whole thing and uh, two and a half hours of random Gup Shop later we lost the file yep and it was good Gup Shop it was good I enjoyed it it was a flow it was nonstop. first time we did it first time we did it and now I'm just tired right now it's like 8.30pm I normally sleep at 9.30 latest yep you've lost the motivation two days Yeah. yeah Yeah, I mean, that's probably not the strongest start.
1: Yeah. Well, it was. It, it, no, it's not, it's not that you don't want to do it again. It's the fact that the last conversation was so good.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so good.
1: Yeah. So I think we should tell people what we were talking about.
0: Yeah. Why don't we start there? You were talking about the book that you're reading that I was making fun of. Yes. I was saying what... I remember how it started. Yeah. It started by me saying, what's the silly book that you're reading that you keep posting about on Instagram? And me saying it's really good like four times. Yes, exactly and it was about the kohinoor so that's what you're talking about kohinoor by a
1: uh, pretty famous writer uh, william dalrymple yeah right and i really enjoyed the read cuz it was it wasn't a very long book maybe yeah. like 200 pages but it intertwines a story of uh, obviously the kohinoor where it came from sikh history a lot of maharaja ranjit singh and then uh, the Lip Singh as well afterwards yeah. so there there were there were like you know things to pick out which were really interesting Mm. uh last time we spoke uh i was telling you like you know the value of the kohinoor
0: yeah how much was that you didn't know last time you i didn't know it? we googled
1: yeah. it we googled it now yeah and 50 years ago it was worth 200 million yeah jesus 50 years ago yeah. so i don't know what that means today Yeah.
0: so what was the story of, of the kohinoor like how did it get to because i know that at some point the sikhs had it right yeah and then it went to the queen and everyone's like always annoyed about that. This is ours. This is ours. Give yeah. it back, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, Yeah. Um. But, you know, before the six, it was with someone else, et, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So,
1: what happened with the Kohinut?
0: The mystical
1: aspect, there's a mystical aspect, uh, or mythical aspect, I should say, not mystical. Mythical aspect, which is that it's it does have some relation to Hindu mythology. It's got, uh, like, hin- Hindu pundits conveniently link it to it coming down into earth uh, via, via God,
0: the Kohinoor specifically.
1: The Kohinoor specifically. Right. It, I think I don't know the exact pronunciation. Probably because they
0: wanted it. <laughs> right. I think yes. that's why you said conveniently.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, and anything good has to have some type of relation yeah, to yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, so it 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 comes it comes from somewhere else. It yeah. doesn't come from Earth. The Speaking the uh, this God I forget his name brings. He's wearing something. He's wearing the Kohinoor. It's making him shine. Uh, and this person on earth who's done bhakti or, or whatever says, you know, whatever gives you that shine, give that to me. Right. Uh, so then he takes the Kohi Nur off, gives it to uh, this person, and then it enters the world that way. Right. The Hindu version of it. I think, I think the, 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 like the, the historical version, there's not much account of it uh, up until the Mughals. Uh, right. Even then, like the book says, that it's like a very, it's like a, they're unsure because they're referring to this thing that's a diamond that's not called the di- they're not called the kohinoor yet but so they're not exactly sure whether they're referring to that specific one. Mm. Uh the kohinoor is really uh famous a, l- a lot of the time because of the story that and ranjit mm-hmm. singh brings into the kohinoor uh the the give and take how we got it uh, how we lost it how it ended up on the you know on the queen on the queen's uh what's it called uh the pug the, bug. the, 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 the pug the queen's bug, the, the topees yeah <laughs> someone's going to give you a death threat huh? for that oh, there, there, there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so so that's when it got really famous yeah. but uh there were th- like three other jewels as well that were or three other diamonds which were equal uh if not just very similar to the size of the pug queen. Queen. yeah okay and where they go uh oh. so there's there's something i think it's called the Mughal diamond uh which is which is was in the some russians uh, Catherine's scepter, or uh, some, rich Russian, like, some Russian, some right. Russian, uh, some Russian nobility. Yeah, uh, the Darya uh is in Iran. So Nadir Shah took that from India uh, after he uh, he took the Kohino too, I should say, and he took that back to Iran when he invaded India, defeated uh, Rangila Muhammad Shah Rangila, and took it back. Yeah. So Darya nur is still in like Tehran museum or collection somewhere right and they're not they're not that far off in terms of size original size to the Kohinoor, yeah uh right. it, it it's like a there's like 180 carats 190 200 like 195 like those three are in that range right somewhat the Kohinoor is no longer that large anymore because when they designed it for the the Queen's, we have to remember the name of the thing, right? The name of the one, the crown, the, <laughs> the, 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 crown. the crown, yes, the crown, yeah, the queen's crown. So, yeah. when it got designed for that, they, <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> the crown, yeah, the, the queen's, Dolby. Dolby. <laughs> the queen's <Dolby. laughs> yeah, the but, crown, yeah, yeah. When, it, when they designed it, they cut it down.
0: Why they did that,
2: uh,
1: because India had a culture of uh preserving diamonds, yeah, uh, as they were, as they were, yeah, untouched.
0: Do you know what they look like? Less le shiny, more cloudy, right. Uh, and that, it was the shape probably odd as well, uh,
1: like a normal crystal? Kind the, of shape. There was in the book. There was a there was a like a like a photograph, or they they got something that they thought was equivalent, and it looked pretty oval, right? Like an oval, like a, a hen's egg, I think it says in, the, in right? The, uh, but so the the, the uh, Indians preserved it, like South Asian cultures preserved it the way it is and appreciated it that way. Uh, but when it came to England. The English people wanted it in the way they prefer it, which is that shiny, crystal shape. You right. know, The thing, the, the thing, the thing shape. you associated with diamond. Yeah. The cuts, the clean cuts, and they, you know they thought it was you know uncivilized to not have the diamond in that fashion. So right. in the process of doing that, they cut it down by about sixty percent, sixty, sixty. It's one third of the size it is now. Damn. In doing that, yeah. They didn't want to. They didn't want to cut it down that much when they were actually designing it. Based on that, the the person who said that I'll do it and I'll take up the task because you can imagine giving someone if it was two hundred million fifty years ago, you can imagine what the value was back then. Yeah. And saying you turn this into something, there's a chance that it, they messed that up. Yeah. Uh, so when they when the queen gave it to that person, I forget the name, to say you make it, he said, oh, yeah, you know, I can do it without compromising much of the size. Yeah. But when it came back, it was definitely compromised. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. For, from the, from there, and they weren't taking the risk. Yeah. They weren't taking the risk. They were making sure they cut it down enough to make sure to make sure that they didn't break the diamond. That it came back uh, as a piece. Yeah. But from their, from the people who gave it to them, that from their perspective, they were going to get something. Maybe you know, twenty percent cost, thirty percent cost, forty percent cost.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, the diamond ends up in England. But uh,
0: how it end up in England?
1: Well, before that, yeah. uh, the the Mughals. So the, the reason why it doesn't come up in uh, in Mughal accounts much. Uh, the book says, is because the Mughals didn't actually prefer diamonds. It wasn't their uh, go-to, you know, lavish type of thing. It was rubies. Right. Uh, it was more of a Persian and Middle Eastern thing to, to dig the ruby right. uh, over diamonds. Diamonds right. was really an Indian thing. Okay. Uh, and I said this last time too, there was no diamonds in the world anywhere. According to, I mean the, the popul- I mean, in Earth, they didn't know there were diamonds anywhere except for India yeah. until 17... 17- 2050, whatever it was, yeah, somewhere around wild. then. Yeah. yeah, so only India had them. India was exporting them to you know Rome, it was exporting it to Egypt, you know, like crazy amounts of BC before anyone knew there were diamonds anywhere else. Yeah, they just they, hadn't mined it anywhere.
0: They, they, did they mine it anywhere? I'm saying that's what it was, they just hadn't mined it anywhere, so they didn't know. They didn't yeah, or they, they,
1: it, yeah, they just didn't look for it, or maybe some culture did come across it and they just didn't see it as important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they found it in Brazil in 1750 or. Something right. like that, uh, and then it kicked off from there. The right. diamond diamonds went all over the world. So the the, the importance of the diamond was in India. Uh, the the Mughals didn't talk about it much, or you know, didn't give it you know the type of value that we associated with it now. Right. I mean, we as Sikhs really like to talk about it because Maharaja Ranjit Singh had it. Yeah. There's an interesting tale of how we got it. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, before that, it doesn't seem or do- there's not like this massive account, it's not a massive flowing history about where it came from. Right. Well, I mean, the, the, the takeaways from the book, that they were like, you know, the, the small snippets that were really interesting. Uh, one of them was uh, Nader Shah coming to India. Uh, he comes to India, he defeats Muhammad Shah Rangile, uh, and the quantity of luxurious items that he has to take back is incredible. So he's got uh, something on the lines of, uh, I think it's something like twelve thousand camels, twenty thousand horses, so many, so thousand elephants, <laughs> and it's not, it's not, it's not just like average stuff. It's yeah. not like taking pithas of the mehel or something. Yeah, he, th- that's rubies, emeralds, diamonds, gold, Holy, yeah. all that type of stuff. Yeah, uh, he takes that back, astonishing number, and then on top of that, Amrit of Dali yeah, then attacks India. Is it? I think it's nine or eleven times, or some some crazy wow. number.
0: So there was that much wealth still left to be taken.
1: Yeah, just after another Shah, literally what we consider takes eight generations of Mughal wealth. Yeah, he still comes to India to 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 loot. Yeah, pretty much. So that was interesting. <laughs> uh, a- another thing that was interesting in the book as well is is uh, after uh, uh, Abdali, the they lose Abdali's family. Loses power for a little bit, so the Kohinurs are lost in the process. Right. Uh, one of the the last king hides it somewhere uh, to make sure it's not found in the process. It, it's lost, uh, and until they come back to power, they don't search for it again. Abdali's family. Right. Uh, and how, where do they find the Kohinur? Uh, the one of them, uh, there's a there's a bookkeeper, I think, right. and he's using it as a paperweight. <laughs> <laughs> he's using the Kohinur as a paperweight wow uh and then there's another one the other one which is i think the the darya some farmers got it or something and he's just like he's he doesn't treat it as anything important it's just a stone for him he's just like holding on to it keeping it he, he found it somewhere and he's just got it
0: so that that tells you that there was no real value of or appreciation of diamonds yeah, or the people, no the, the people,
1: the people who had that diamond had never seen what a diamond looks like, or whatever, yeah. just had no idea what it was. Yeah, the yeah. guy was uh, just using it as a p- paperweight. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, and then the the story of how it gets to Maharaja Ranjit Singh. He pretty much the this I think is Sher Suri in the, I think it's Sher Suri, I could be wrong, but he comes to, he comes to Kashmir. He's just lost his territory. Ends up under house arrest in Kashmir, and his wife. Wafa Begum, I think it is, is in Maharaja Ranjit Singh's darbar at the time, and she negotiates with Maharaja Ranjit Singh, who's obsessed with the diamond, right? Uh, And he and she says, if you get him released from Kashmir, I will uh, give you the Kohinoor. So he's like, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. Uh, And eventually, it happens. It and it gets to Maharaja Ranjit Singh, but despite that, they still don't want to hand over the Kohinoor. Right, they don't want to hand it over and. There, there are funny accounts, like Western accounts in the book, where Maharajan is just like, Can you give me the diamond? Yeah. And then finally, you know, it, it, at the end, he goes, uh, Maharajan is sitting at the table. Uh, he has to promise friendship to, to the king who's previous owner of the diamond. And he goes, All right, I've promised you everything. Can I have the diamond now, please? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, pretty much does that straight away. The first thing he wants to do is get it valued. Yeah. Uh, every place he goes to get it valued, the guys are like,
0: There is no value. There's no value. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, Wafa Begum says, you know, I told you the story, throw, you know, take north, south, east, west, and then throw a patra in the sky, and then fill that space with money. And that's mm. the value of the Kohinoor, uh, which probably was at that time. I don't think there was many wealth or that type of thing to to buy something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's the story. Kohinoor.
0: It's wildness, my friend.
1: A good book. Yeah, Good read. <laughs> good read. I, and and I, I liked it as well because I like the, I mean obviously you know that I really like the Mughal history as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mughal history. You're a Mughal in disguise. Not really. <laughs> I I'm I'm you know I, the I I work in restaurants, so I have to, uh and and a lot of my menus are seasonal. Yeah. And I I do a lot of research on where the food came from, what it's you know what its origins are, what would it have tasted like tasted yeah. like back then. Yeah. And yeah, it's like a, it is, it what we call Mughlai food today. Like you go, a lot of us go to an Indian restaurant, eat like paneer tikka masala. And it's called Mughlai, and people think that's Mughlai. Yeah. But it's not. Uh, and the reason, the reason is, is because up till about Akbar, uh, Humayun and Babur would have been more Uzbekistani, Central Asian, than they were Indian. Yeah. Uh, and the, I think there's a misconception as well where people like people keep saying Mughals are Muslim tyrants in India, and you know a lot of the time it was tyrannical, but I think it's wrong to say that. By example, by the time of Jahangir, Shah Jahan, Aurangzeb, that these guys weren't Indian. You know, they they no longer. I mean, it's like saying you know, prince kid prince kid's kid. You know, that's yeah. your son. Yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, are. I'll be to say that name on camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah.
0: yeah but he'll be Australian. Or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: His kids' kids are Australian. They're yeah. way more Australian than they are the going to ner- be. Yeah, Indian, they're yeah, rooted to Indian history. Uh, yeah, their Indian lineage. So they were that. Yeah. Uh, but people don't give that up. I think, especially like Hindu nationalists, and that type of thing. They don't want to give that impression. Yeah. Like the Taj, Mah- the Taj Mail is taken off the Agra tourism and India tourism. I have read about records. that. Yeah. They took that, that, off. Did that actually happened. I that, saw
0: it on the news, and I, I just when it's stuff like that, a lot of the times I ignore it.
1: Yeah, that happened. They they took it off, uh, yeah. and and the reason was obviously that this wasn't built by Indians. This was built by outside tyrants.
0: Yeah, but then I also I also saw something where some guy was on about that this isn't cool. I don't know. This is a conspiracy theory, and I don't subscribe to it. But the guy was like what you gonna say well, I' well, gonna going say, say. It. interesting right the yeah. guy was like this isn't the Taj Mahal. Yeah. this is the Tejo Mahalia or something <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I gotta say this without laughing I <laughs> think I think the, the childs slowly getting to me I'm kind of starting to wake up yeah 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 uh, the, the Tejo Mahalia or something <laughs> and he said it's a Hindu temple and he was going on and on about that. So on one end they're saying that this is a Hindu temple. Yeah, that's been or... a
1: conspiracy for ages. <laughs> yeah, it has been. They they think that the dome on the top has yeah. like, you know, Hindu idols in it. Like that's why they don't let people go inside. All that's right. why it's locked out. The... Because inside there's you know, <laughs> if you went inside you would see evidence of Murthis. And if you went into the dome, there's this much gold in there and there's this many gold Murti and that type of thing in there. Yeah. So where were we? Why was I talking about Hindu nationalism? Know, Akbar bro. Akbar being Akbar. Indian. And why I, why I research the food and all that type of stuff and take yeah. deep interest. So uh, an Uzbekistan, Uzbekistani or Central Asian diet uh, uh, is based on the things that they have geographically available to them, which is uh, dry fruits, mm. saffron, uh, and lots of yogurt-based things. So a lot of their cooking, you would imagine, imagine uh, korma. So I think a lot of people have had, a lot of people listening would have had something like a korma before. Uh which today if you get an Indian restaurant it's like this cream-based pistachio uh curry so it's like that it's like a a lot of malay kofta sauce uses it so people have had malay kofta but the original the mughals would have been eating something on the lines of yogurt making a paste of some ingredients putting it in and then topping it with dry fruits right so it was it was a sweeter affair Mm. a lot of the time a lot of their food was sweeter when when they came into India uh, they changed the diet changed, so they then started incorporating Indian spices with those concepts, and yeah. then created Indian food. Yeah. Uh, so Akbar, uh, so by example, Akbar has the greatest stories when it comes to mm-hmm. for food. Yeah, I mean Shah Jahan, they they all do actually. Yeah. Uh, but the Akbar Nama, which I read for yeah. my Akbar Nama menu, which I did last year, yeah, uh, had incredible. So they, I bought the iron Akbari and the Akbar Nama. It's like a you can get it as, like, an eight-page book. They're beautiful-looking books as well. They're, yeah. like, a, like bright uh, lavender color books. Right. And there's
0: a seven-piece collection. And what's the wildest stories? Remember you telling me some wildest stories about Akbar's wealth and how he spent it on food? Yeah, so... What was it, the thing you were telling me? How much did they, they they spend a, a day on food?
1: So, in the, uh, the Mughal Empire had something like 30% of the world's GDP at that time. Yeah. So... Massive. Mm. Uh they had thirty percent of the world's GDP and on top of that they spent thirty percent of that GDP on their own Mughals. These are Mughals and Mughal nobility spent thirty percent of that thirty percent GDP on their own upkeep upkeep. Yeah. So they were they were really spending like just trillions of dollars in today's value yeah on maintaining themselves to the best they could. Which is pretty bad. I mean in retrospect. Uh and probably the what carried on afterwards. So that they, they, they had that much money, and yeah. the the figure I came to for co- food court budget. So this is what his court was eating, uh, was about one hundred and fifty thousand Australian dollars per day. Akbar, which, Akbar. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and and this is and Aurangzeb is I mean Aurangzeb's way down the line, yeah. and he was the one who had the largest empire out of all of them. Aurangzeb extended the empire to its maximum before it started collapsing. Yeah. So they weren't even at their peak yet yeah and that's what they were doing fifty
0: thousand dollars how do you spend hundred fifty thousand dollars so hundred fifty I'll tell you i uh, will <laughs> <laughs> tell you I've
1: done the research okay uh so you first you have many 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 chefs yeah called Khan Same. Uh and you import Khan Same from Wherever you can, obviously Persia was a great source uh, of chefs and inspiration for Mughals. They they wanted to copy everything or have at least what the Persians had. That was the benchmark society for them. Right, an ancient society with I don't know how many more rubies can you have than the Mughal Empire, yeah. pretty much. So that's why they spoke Farsi and things in the mm. in the court. That's what they're interested in. Uh, so the you have lots of Khan Sameh. And you have kansame who have their own independent style of cooking, all the way back to the ingredient. So t- today, if you say, you know, we look at, you know, we were watching the Rogan podcast, yeah. where the guy was like, you know, I talk to the farmers and all this type of stuff. You yeah, know, yeah. I do all that. The chef, that had, he had yeah, the A- Italian chef, and oh. that's cool now, but they're doing it way back then. Yeah. So the the what happens is the kansame is like the the chicken, by example that I'm I'm going to serve. To Akbar or the court, yeah, has to be the best quality chicken yeah. that's ever been, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And I mean, how do you? Th- there are simple things to like, you know, give it, ch- make a chicken good, yeah. Uh, but then there's extremes. Yeah. So an example of the extreme is massaging the chicken. Yeah, right? so
0: they used to massage
1: the chicken. Not just massage. <laughs> it's better than a massage we've ever had. Yeah. So it's like sandalwood, <laughs> sandalwood. Rose scent, yeah. uh, mustard oil, all this type of stuff, and the purpose is is massage the chicken, make it live the best life possible, yeah, and produce the best quality meat Me- wow. that you can have. Yeah. So that I mean, you can imagine that if, you know, in a Darbar that's spending hundred and fifty thousand, yeah, how many chickens they must be eating. Yeah. Right, it must be a crazy and, number. Yeah,
0: and then this is the upkeep of the chickens. This is just the upkeep of the chickens. Yeah,
1: uh, they, There's plenty of stories. So I told you the one about the ruby last time. So The, oh, the anard? Eh, the, yeah, the ruby. So every one of the chefs' plot to impress Akbar was to get every single pomegranate berry uh, and paint it half white. So when he would pick up his food, keeping in mind, like I said, it was all about dry fruits. Yeah. Uh, so er, er, they would have liked that. Every time he picked up his food and put it towards his mouth, he would see the white, half-painted white ruby, yeah. uh, half pomegranate berry. Sorry, and think, "I'm about to eat a ruby. I'm consuming rubies." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and but I mean, that's a pomegranate. But yeah. it also was not uncommon for them to have drinks which had, uh, like actual, like pressure you know, stones, pressure or stones and stuff yeah. in them. It says Mar- Mar- the accounts uh, have Maharaja Ranjit Singh drinking what they called fire water. Right, which was like opium, uh, like shredded silvers, right, and you know just just I mean I I don't they they thought it was really healthy. Yeah, thinking death. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so if how, you
1: if you have unlimited supply of rubies and gold and stuff, and yeah. you don't know how to use it, like you can't, yeah. you're gonna can cover your cover your body so much. Yeah, you may as well start in, digesting. Digesting. It. It.
0: <laughs> so how did the go back to the Kohinoor? Yeah, uh, how did this six lose them? So, you said Maharaj Singh got it from that guy, Shir Suri. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Uh, and so now he, he's got it and he really wanted it. So now he's finally got it. Yeah. And how does he lose it? Uh, Maharajanji Singh
1: uh, is on his deathbed mm-hmm. uh, and the Hindu priest. Uh, from the i get this name wrong all the time you know it better than me Jag- jagannath? jagannath yeah jagannath it, temple. J- jagannath jagannath there yeah, yeah the the hindu priest from the jagannath temple like every time a king's died and he's at possession of the kohinoor he's given it away that's what their their story was yeah so i mean it just happened to be that that theory conveniently applied to the, the priest core.
0: from that particular <laughs> temple yeah
1: yeah okay so that that was their that was uh, their philosophy and the the sick treasure I think his name is Beliram, uh, is like is loyal to Maharaja and Ajit Singh and the and the Sikh family who's going to come after him and says that it belongs to the Sikh Treasury. Right. He has that guy has done like every possible thing he can for the upkeep of the Kohinoor, Uh so he'll do things like every time the Kohinoor is leaving the city or going from one place to the next, there's twelve camels and there's twelve replicas of the Kohinoor. Uh every single Sounds one. Sounds like has. a good
0: plot for a movie. Yeah. <laughs> well there you yeah. go.
1: Yeah. Every single camel has a different has a different uh you know, diamond. Mm. Only he knows the real one. Yeah. The the every night he sleeps, it gets changed with chained with three chains to his bed. So and he's got permanent security. Uh he if anyone comes in and tries to take the Kohinur, he's got three like fat steel chains. So they're gonna have to dig through that by that time. He's gonna wake too, up. It's he's too is. late. Yeah. He's gonna make noise. Whatever it is. Yeah. So almost impossible. Yeah. So this guy, this guy has been loyal. He's like, it's part of the Sikh state. He keeps the kohinoor. Okay. Uh, it stays in Sikh, Sikh possession, but during after, from the time of Maharaja Ranjit Singh's death till it like you know kind of reappears uh, with the Leipsing, gets signed off to the British, which I'll explain. It, it's kind of like where is it? Who has it? That type of thing. It's pretty secret and shrouded, and, no. and it's undergoing some controversy.
0: Right. But he hasn't. Oh, he knows where it is. Who? Belly down. B- yeah, he knows where it is. Right.
1: Uh, I, yeah, he knows where it is. He's taking care of it. But there's controversy. So right. some people think he's kept it for himself. Right. Some people think he sent it somewhere. Right. Some people think that the, the, uh, the, the uh, Jagannath Temple guys have it already. They've taken it. Now they're just doing drama. Like okay. it's a whole scandal. Uh, they, they get it. He lo- After Maharaja Singh dies, Karak Singh has a short life after Maharaja Ranjit Singh, right. he's, he's quoted as being a, like you know, an opium addict, a weak leader, um, not that good at you know just what he needs to be, which is a king. Yeah. He's not that good at that role. And he was poisoned. Mercury poisoned. Yeah. So he, he, they, he slowly gets uh, killed by Mercury poisoning within his own court. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they...
0: Do they know who killed him?
1: I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, they might, there might be some theories. Yeah. So, uh, there, there were even theories that it was non Halsing. Right, but unlikely. Yeah, uh, it does say as well that they had a, they didn't have a good relationship. The so and, yeah, because yeah. Nana Singh is apparently the complete opposite of Kadak Singh. Right, he's a re- he's young, he's energetic, he's very leader like. Right. Uh, you know, he seems like he has all the right qualities to be king. Right. so Karik Singh dying and Nana Singh becoming the next Maharaja yeah. is everyone's happy about that. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, seemingly. Yeah, I mean the population supports it. The people yeah. are behind it. The nobles are behind it. Yeah, but then due to, you know, uh, after Karak Singh dies, there's a plot, uh, and someone wants Non Halsing dead too. Yeah. So we went to the place in Pakistan where he got killed. Where he yeah. was. Where uh, Maharaja Duleep Singh was killed. So he's walking. He goes under. He's he's walking back after Karak Singh's funeral. He walks under a gate. Was it was it the main? Was it the? Lahor, it's not the Lahore Gate. It was called. It was right behind the.
0: I don't know what it was called, but it was it was right next to the Gurudara Sab.
1: No, Lahore Gate is in Delhi. That's wrong. So
0: yeah, uh, it was in the Gurudara Dera Sahib in Lahore. Yeah. that building on the side of it. Yeah, which is connected
1: right. right to the. That was connected to the to Masjid the too. Masjid, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he's a going. He's un- going under that gate. Someone drops a fat, butthar. Yeah, like a massive, not a butthar. Like butthar is the wrong word to describe boulder. Right. yeah there's probably a better word in Punjabi for yeah. that. right yeah. but there sounds like you know like eh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So but someone, yeah someone drops a fat boulder yeah. and the accounts of that time say that he survived yeah uh that he actually survived that when it fell it didn't uh True. hit his it, it might have hit him maybe just scraped him or something he gets up and goes i need some water yeah and walks off yeah two hours later he's dead yeah uh the the German doctor who makes the account of it says, you know, I saw the guy, he got up, he walked off, he asked me for water, I was in charge of taking care of him. So when I finally went to see him in his room, uh, after he'd walked off, his head was smashed. Oh, All right. So wow. someone had just like Yeah. Brutally smashed his head. Damn. Then again it's like a controversy from two hundred years ago, so you don't really know what
0: happened, yeah. But still that's a wild story.
1: Yeah, so he he's dead. Yeah. Uh next in line, uh Maharaja the Singh. He's a young kid, uh, Anglo no, Sikh-
0: who, who just got killed?
1: Non Halsing. Non Halsing. Yeah. Non Halsing. Okay, yeah. Sorry. So Non Halsing gets hit by the boulder, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, he's dead. Now the next in line is Maharaja Tulip Singh. Singh. Yeah. Maharaja the Singh. They un- they undergo uh, Anglo Sikh wars. Uh, the first one, especially the Sikhs, have, have fought really well. They've won by all accounts. Yeah. You know, like no, the English, are, like seriously, just considering picking up, leaving, and retreating that really would have changed the course of like history by the way like yeah. Sikh history if that had happened but then due to traders within the Sikh empire they give the information to the british that you know you can still uh, fix patch up the situation this is where uh, the cannons are this is where you need to attack these are the points they go and do that and they win the anglo-sikh war so i mean it's it it feels good to know that you know, the illegitimate way yeah. that despite Maharaja Singh not being around and him being so far into a couple of his generations, uh, the Six did have the will and the power and everything set up. Yeah. So Maharaja Singh did leave that for the Six. Yeah. Uh, he did set it up in a way uh, where the empire could be defended. It it wasn't kind of like a Rangila yeah, uh, situation where this guy was just enjoying himself, forgetting about everything, letting you know, just letting someone walk in, you know, another shell walk in and take everything. Yeah, Singh had obviously employed like French military commanders, generals. Uh, he had, he, yeah. he he recruited what he wanted. Uh, he westernized the army in many accounts and left something very strong for the uh, for the six right. to use.
0: Then what happened with the Kohino? That's what we're talking about. Yeah,
1: so Maharajaji Singh uh, dies. Anglo Sikh Wars. Sikhs lose. Yeah. That's a short version of the story. And <laughs> and uh and Maharaja and uh, Maharaja Dilip Singh sorry, is forced to sign a treaty which gives the English all the possessions of the Sikh Empire, including the Kohinoor. Right. So that that's what fills the museums and all that. Yeah. So if, if the English had forciv- forcibly taken the Kohinoor and just yeah. picked it up and taken it after they won the spoiler war. Yeah. So they're very good at this. You know, yeah. the the English was really good at this. They were really good at the treaty. Type of thing. That's that's how they kept, you know, taking over kingdoms and that yeah. thing. Think about it. Okay. Uh, another common misconception. I'm going to sidetrack, but you remember where we were, all right? So the a uh, common misconception about it is, the that the the Raj was people from England who came into India and then slowly took over. Yeah. that's not the case. It was the East India Company. Mm. The East India ca- Company came in. And there's incredible stories about that too I'm gonna to miss it for today yeah. we'll go, we'll go we'll come back to that right there, there were many like this it was the first company to do this it was the first company to do that that I'll do our next time but yeah so they they come in it's a private company and it and it ends up doing much more than just functioning as a company it ends up hiring and you know locals yeah. to protect their stock and trade and business mm. and then suddenly ends up being like this private army which can now take over other places. So <laughs> India was being slowly taken over by a company. By a company, yeah. By a company. So it's a private company which is it like an unheard of it wasn't a nation. It was yeah. just a company who was taking over spaces. Uh and I kinda get annoyed at the the Indian, you know, attitude towards it. Because, you know, there was a point where it was a private army. There was very few of them. And throughout the entire Indian history, like the the entire Raj, there were way more Indians than there were, you know, East India Company people or Raj people in India. Yeah. Like they, 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 they made, I think they, it was like 2% or 0.2%. It was some crazy figure of people who actually worked for, directly for the Raj or for the East India Company that were controlling India. Yeah. So the other like 98% or 99.2%, whatever it is, were Indian people who were gulam by the British for no reason.
0: Yeah. Well, they Uh, just couldn't see what was going on at that time, right? Exactly. It's it's It's, easy, like hindsight's, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just annoying to think of. It's
1: like, like, you know, when you tie a hathi to, you know, they uh, pretend there's something to tie a hathi to. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. And then the hathi... Horses and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: They tie a horse to a plastic chair and the horse doesn't move. Yeah. That thing, yeah. It's pretty much
1: it's pretty much what happened. So where what, what did I sidetrack from the Koh-inur. the, the Koh-inur. So the
0: Kohinoor was given as a treaty to the British. Yes, along so, with everything else. Yeah. So that's where his Maharaj Singh's throne sitting in the UK and all that. That's all given as part of that treaty, then.
1: Yes. So the reason what I was saying was clever at that point is this: if the English had just come in and taken it and yeah. just not signed anything, they would owe that Kohinoor back to India now. Yeah. But because they had a treaty signed, which said Maharaja Tulip Singh signs all this over. Yeah, and how young
0: was he when he signed it? I think it was like eight or nine exactly. or something. Yeah. yeah, so they just yeah. played him. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, played. It was yeah, played.
1: Yeah. Uh, they played him. They, I mean, they didn't play him. They lost pretty much. They lost a war, and the English were trying to make it look good. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, you went against this treaty, and you know, you crossed this border at this point in time, or you know, you brought all your arms to this border, which goes against our treaty, which means now we have to attack you. It was like finding reasons to, yeah, to yeah, take yeah. over Punjab. Yeah. So the, so they, they sign the treaty, it goes back to England. And the story doesn't end there because Maharaja Dilip Singh is still alive. Yeah. Uh, they have to do something about him. Uh, and the Kohinoor is, uh, the queen is looking at the Kohinoor and she feels guilty. Right. She feels guilty. that Interesting twist. Yeah. She feels guilty that she's got the Kohinoor. And Maharaja, and the, the Leap Singh is alive and he still remembers the Kohinoor his entire life. Mm. Uh, he still remembers it. He still associates with, he still has all his like royal blood in him. Yeah. So, you know, they send Maharaja, the Leap Singh to live with foster parents, Christian foster parents. It sounds like that guy's a pretty good guy. The, the person who is his parent. And they, you know, give him a Christian life. They very rarely talk about the Kohinoor and any of that type of stuff. Yeah. Very rarely talk about it. Uh, but he still has that, he still like sometimes says, "Oh, I wonder where the kohinoor is," or yeah. you know, "I wonder, you know, w- what I'd look like wearing it here, like I used to," or right. you know, he, yeah, he he has it in him, yeah. kind of somewhere. Uh, ma- eventually Maharaja Dalip uh, Singh, living with his foster parents, is influenced enough to go, you know, I actually want to be where you guys are from, and says, "I want to move to England." He says it because eventually he's living in that atmosphere. You know, that's what he looks up to. That's what he's taught. And he moves over there. Yeah. He grows up there. He has a great relationship with the queen. Right. Right. They get along really well. Like they're friends. You know, even the queen confides in him. Uh, He (laughs) confides in the queen. Uh, They have a really good relationship. Yeah. Uh, uh, But the thing is, is she still has guilt in her mind. So she never wears a gohinur while he's around. Right. Right. She never wears it. She doesn't get, she doesn't get, she, I think they've got it. Uh, remade, but she's she doesn't want the Leap Singh to see it because they're like friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she doesn't want to invoke what he might feel. So eventually, at one point, what she does is she says she wants to wear it. She wants to put it in the crown mm. eventually. So what she does is she gets Maharaja, she gives Maharaja the leaping, Singh, the Kohinur, and says, Can you give it to me? Two minute, yeah, right. So I think <laughs> Maharaja Dalip Singh gets on his knee, yeah, and then has the Kohino in his hand, and you know, painstakingly it says like he doesn't want to, yeah, but painstakingly then gives the gives her the uh, right. the kohinus. and from that point on, then she felt comfortable wearing it in public. Up till then, it was a guilt. Yeah, it was a guilt in in the uh, in the aristocracy. Like the average person, I suppose, didn't, didn't care. care yeah. yeah, but they were like you know. There were a lot of people at that time who had. The, the, are we going way into this? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. There were there interesting. Were, there were a lot of people at the time, even British uh, or people in the involved in the Raj, who thought that you know this. They were outright plundering India, right? Which they were. Yeah, Bengal, situations like that. We'll talk about it another time. I want to. I want to talk about the East India Company another time. Yeah. All right, but they were outright just lo- loot, 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 loot. buys. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, of yeah. India. Yeah. Uh, and the people of that time knew it, and there was a lot of like, you know, what are we doing? Are we doing the right thing? Is this the right thing to do? Yeah. Uh, Rajan and Dilip uh, Singh also wants, you know, wants to be good with the queen because he's living a really good lifestyle. Yeah, in a sense. So just maintain that. He needs to maintain that. He keeps throwing parties. He keeps, you know, doing crazy stuff. Yeah, and it's all at the the queen's expense. Yeah eventually that becomes a problem mm. so this is when that whole kohinoor like handing over the kohinoor type of thing happens yeah yeah at that point I think that's enough of the kohinoor <laughs> <It's laughs> yeah. yeah it's been all kohinoor but yeah i i let's put it on the list next time we i i mean it'd be better if like i said i'm not like a full-on like historian historian into this like i i I have like a real shonk. Not of even it. On,
0: bro. You're not a historian. Yeah, I'm not a historian. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a historian at all. Just a shonky.
1: Yeah, I'm a shonky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this I'm gonna, gonna say bit... I'm gonna say some names to rock, huh? and some you know someone's gonna yeah. be like, ah, oh, oh, this, ah, oh, they bunt Yeah, bunt But but yeah, there's a shank for it. There's really interesting stuff in there, and I want to, you know, it part of the food. Part like where we started. Yeah. Part of the Akbanama, part of the food. The idea of the Kohinoor is is all part of one history, which comes together.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just all it's just yeah. all tied together, isn't it? It's interesting. I think That's we should
1: it. talk about Pakistan.
0: <laughs> I'm still waking up. I'm still waking up. I think I'm gonna wake up. Take a big gulp. Huh? I've almost finished, my friend. I put extra pati in this. Yeah. I did everything right. It's, but it's just been a, it's such a, really, a long day. It's a good job. It is a good job. Yeah, so you got Adrak in there, long, lechi, yeah. you
1: know, it's yeah. got everything. I did, I did a lot of talking. So you talk about Pakistan.
0: What do you want me to talk about?
1: I want you to <laughs> tell the people. I want you to tell everyone why we went there.
0: We went there for the Madonna project. Yeah, we went there to meet everybody that is associated to the Keithan tradition that we yeah. could find. And what you thought of that? That was good. <laughs> 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 That's uh, a loaded one, isn't it? Yeah, so it was. It was good fun. It was good fun. We went there at the r- wrong time, dare I say? We went there during Muharram. Muharram, Yeah. If you remember, so for those that are listening, um, was it October, September? I asked you this last time as well. September, September right?
1: September. I remember specifically September first to the tenth <laughs> was the was Muharram intense. Yeah. Then September ten to thirteen was. We need to make it to yeah. and then yeah. 13th to the end of September was Moharramatapurimini. Purimini, yeah. So we
0: explain this to everyone. We explain, we explain. So Muharram, to those that don't know, the Sh- you know Muslims majority are divided into two groups: the Shia and the Sunnis. And all the Rababis that we went to meet associated with the Shia side, and the majority in Pakistan is Sunni. And Muharram is a Shia. I uh, don't want to say festival, like Shia um, um, event, where they they kind of just mourn the death of Ali. Ali, yep. Um, who was their relative of the Prophet? Uh, right? uh, Nephew, yep. or something. Yep. I don't know. Um, but someone in the in that lineage passed away, and then they mourn It his was bad. Death. It
1: was a bad. It was a bad long story. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was in the desert. They were thirsty. Yeah. Uh, the place he went to, they betrayed him he spent a lot of time in the desert and then eventually was killed
0: yeah so they mourn not just his death but those entire circumstances and what he went through for yep. them and and all that so they mourn all that and that happens in the Shia community now when they do that this is called Muharram and we got there in September and it was Muharram so no one wanted to sing <laughs> Yeah, they, they, don't no sing for, they don't sing for ten days. They don't they, sing for ten days, and even in India, the, the for example, the Dagar family, they're all, they're all Shia as well. They actually stop singing for that time, yep. you know, um, and then they open their after they after they finish Moharrams over, they they open the singing and Gana They start to sing again, and they sing a few things, but and for that time, they can only sing a um, a certain type of song, which is called source. Yep. Saws, which is quite famous. Yep. But basically, it's stories of Ali and his struggles and what he went through and all that. And the rule is there's no instruments allowed. No instruments allowed. No yep. instruments allowed. So there's no percussion going on. There's no, you know, sa, tampura, harmonium, nothing. You're just singing. People should Google it. People, People should, should Google,
1: Google Saws and uh, have a look at the emotion. The remember, when we saw,
0: remember when we saw the kids...
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean that was that yeah that was that? yeah that was intense. Yeah, it was so really intense. Yeah.
0: So basically in Muharram people when they remember this this event that to them is traumatic they they hurt themselves I guess in a way to cope with it or relate to the pain that Ali would have gone through. So it's common for people to be hitting themselves remember the the weapons and stuff they were using so we would walk down the street and there were shops and to those listening if if you know like what Nihang sings wear, they wear that dori and a little kirpan. Imagine five of those tied to strings, and those strings come together at the end. Which is an one. actual weapon, because that name?
1: the Nihang one is like not an actual like weapon.
0: No? yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. That's yeah. just yeah. like a sh- showpiece, symbolic piece. It's symbolic. Yeah, this There's, is like
1: a real, we- yeah. like a real sharp, designed to cut you.
0: Yeah, because I think Nihangs wear that as the kakar, and then they wear like they they say you have to have a three foot kirpan and stuff. So they wear a, they hold a kirpan and um you know get armed on top of that. But yep. that's their cacada. That's the basic. That's the cacada, yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. But um these guys, so that's one weapon for an example. There were shops selling specific weapons I don't know what to call them. They weren't weapons, but specific tools to hurt yourself. Shop selling tools. The one, like the one I
1: remember most. Yeah, the one that's the one I remember whips. most vividly. It's like the, the, they use it in Gatka as well, like, you know, to make create the spirals around.
0: Yeah, the, the, that was the metal, like the wonky kind of uh, flexible yeah. metal thing. Yeah, so, so there the, were ones with that yes. connecting into like four. Yeah, four of those come out of there. Yeah. And basically they start a, a rhythm going with claps. Yeah. And the claps aren't, you don't clap, you actually hit your body. Yeah. To do the, the clap, yeah. you hit your chest to do the clap, and I mean, just imagine hundreds of people walking down the street singing these sores in one kind of voice and hitting their bodies as thump, 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 thump. It just creates a different kind of atmosphere. And then to that beat, everyone's just kind of hurting themselves with different things. Someone's got that knife thing, someone's got little knives on top of at the end of chains, and they're just whipping it over their shoulders. And then it's whipping back and then hitting their back and their back's getting all scratched up and X, Y, and said, So we, we got there during Muharram.
1: It depends on your level. That's what it was. It depends on the level. Depends level on one it. is the hit yeah, uh, and then how hard you hit your chest. Yeah. The one is, you know, you get the kids just to tap, you know, the yeah. chest level yeah. two. Because when we went so, to meet,
0: yeah, yeah when we went to meet um, Paitabba's family, um, for those that don't know, Paitabba the is the rababbi that, was, was instrumental in teaching all the Namtaris. Because Namtaris didn't used to, they, they weren't that uh, into music, like, you know, 200 years ago or something like that. They, they in the last few gurus that they've had, they took us, you know, an interest in music. And they got musicians on board. So one of the main ones, the two of the main ones that they got on board was Pai Nasira, who was a percussionist, and Pai Tabha, who was the vocalist. And um, a lot of the compositions that are sung today, that are Rabbi compositions, they, a lot of them trace back to Baitaba. And so we went to meet Baitabah's family and Painasida's family. They actually lived down the road from each other in a very poor neighbourhood. So all the Rababis Rabbi's are for those you know, when we went there Rabbi's more a caste. Yeah. It, it was it, like it, a caste. Yeah, that's
1: what they considered it.
0: That's what they considered it. So yeah. when we went, when we walked into this place, we got to the Shia neighborhood and um we walked into this place and it was just you know there was gouda outside all the houses do you remember it was a it was stench messy. it was messy yeah it was a really strong stanch it was around society it that's was society. Right. yeah yeah and that's how i mean that it was kind of it was really run down it was really run down there was just uh, like the gouda and stuff and there was just um like chickens and stuff just running around it just all stank a lot do you remember i yeah, i, I it, still remember it, yeah
1: and the, yeah it wasn't clean it definitely wasn't clean no. i mean com- like compared to like the normal standards like the standard we expect at times you know when we traveled to india and what we saw in pakistan, in pakistan which it is was not worse that worse than that at some, it wasn't that different yeah it was significantly worse it was worse than that you yeah. was people and walking around without shoes in that mess yeah, and and know, that, yeah. in in pindadi galiya type of thing and yeah, they were all okay with that yeah and they show. had
0: no jobs yeah. no one no one in that so that community is not doing well no. Like, the rabbi and we walked in and a, a bunch of kids ran up to us and said, mavi uh, mavi Yeah. Like that. Like in yeah. India how they would say, Mavi am Mavi this this caste or that caste. They were saying it like they. They're the car. The interesting thing was some of them were wearing kada. Yeah. A, and a, they lot didn't know. A, lot a lot of them. A lot and of them. And they did. didn't know yeah. what they were wearing. Yeah. Or why they were wearing it. Yeah. But it was just one of those things that was passed down generation to generation and then we were in the kare. So we went to buy um Tapa. Tabas family. We we met him. So he's done so many compositions that are sung today. He, by B.B.J. Kaur, I feel. Uh, I think, yeah, it was B.B.J. Kaur. She passed away recently. She sings heaps of compositions. She was from Delhi. And by Naseer. Why, why was I talking about it? I forgot. <laughs>
1: we're, talking I about,
0: we're talking about Rababis. We're talking about the
1: Rababis. <laughs> we, 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 and we, do, the we did this last time as well. The N- not, not just we, last he, time. We just got sidetracked, sidetracked, not, sidetracks, sidetracks, not just, Never just last come back. Time. <laughs> every,
0: every single time. Yeah. Every, but I mean we, we never come back. Ca- I mean who cares? Yeah. Um we were talking about Muharram. Right? Yeah. And then oh yes, when well, we went to meet Baitabba. Uh, not Baitabba. Baitabba's family. <laughs> and Bainasida's family. I remember Bainasida's family, they were very defensive. because um, they they really felt like they had been left behind. And one of his sons, pretty sure it was his son, um he wasn't a musician, he'd become a tailor. Yeah. The others were musicians, but they had passed away and this one he was actually a little bit frustrated um, by all the people that is all like even the Nantari community he was saying, but he was a bit he was expressing that frustration that these guys aren't giving me anything my my dad gave them everything similar sentiment from Bat family um it was a general sentiment it was a general that, sentiment, in that yeah
1: let's call it a band or something it wasn't a band, it No, there was a like, the name of the place. Uh, Kottari Baba. Kottari, yeah, that's that was, was the name yeah,
0: of the yeah. place but but I remember we were chatting about this on the way back as well that um you know they it, it's not like they he didn't work to uphold the tradition or anything like that you know yep. they wanna they uh they, they were they were saying that we need this we need that but at the like you have to give some sort of value to that's how that's how the world works you know yeah. their dad gave value their dad was teaching percussion so he was respecting that way and people paid him this person was a tailor and he didn't pick up the music he didn't pick up he the didn't. music he didn't want to pick up the music
1: reason, he had a reason for did he said he's made something for the or something like i don't know i don't know <laughs> 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 i don't know i, I, but, I don't know yeah they, they you
0: know
1: they were they were they were desperate yeah they were uh, desperate. and it was on the lines i remember he was like many <laughs> that
0: uh, yeah, yeah see, they were like, like must, give us 50,000 a month yeah. you guys give you us 50,000 yeah, a month guys forever can, yeah. we're like okay hold on like that's not how the world works like I don't know what you're thinking right now yeah. um, but what I was saying was that when we went there just outside their house because um, it was modern time there was a bunch of kids like probably aged four seven, to eight. seven yeah, yeah. four to seven something like that yeah they were they were really young uh, boys and girls and they were sitting around the corner so we 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 could see them, but they couldn't see us. Yeah. And they were sitting there, and then they were hit, hitting them. So this came from the levels that you were talking about. Yes. So the kids were engaged in that level, and then as you get older, you start to actually, if you choose to, hurt you yourself. You work it up. Yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of a lot of
1: shears will have the marks from previous years on their back. Yes. And that's a matter of pride. Yeah. Uh, for them. Yeah. But I remember specifically that was probably that was probably. I mean, there was the one. There was one experience where we got the ho- we got we went from one hotel to the other hotel, yeah. which we should talk about. But yeah. going into uh, Khatribava, that was like the final day, or it was close to the final day of Muharram. It was somewhere near. No,
0: that's you talking about when we went to the Khatribava at the end. Yes, the last time we went. Yeah, that's when, when, when we, saw we the couldn't kids. go. Yeah. No, no, we saw the kids earlier,
1: and then they kicked us out. We t- that we saw them, we were kind of like freaked out. We saw. This that like, was, you're
0: talking about the last day. You, right. That's not the day I'm talking about. I don't think you saw the kids when I saw them. It right. was like daytime. What you're talking about was nighttime. Yes, yes. And that was like bad. Like we had to get out. Yeah. We had to yeah, get out. So basically, there's yeah. know. You know, there's a lot of tension there in Pakistan between the Sunnis and um, Shias. And the majority is Sunni. So the guys that were showing us around, the security guards and all that, and the the police that we had, they were all Sunnis you know if you're there for a day or two it's a different environment when you're there for that long as long as we were the reality starts to seep out you know they can't help it yeah and there was tensions amongst those communities and they the Sunnis would pass comments about the Shias being dirty you know and not being able to um, like they, well, well, I mean, say- they,
1: were, they were disgusted by the by the practice. By the practice, yeah. yeah but, by, in but in general,
0: they, they would say things like, oh, you know, when we'd see kura outside the house, they say, yeah, these guys live like this. Yeah. Uh, and <coulo> <laughs> <they're tenemos removing> <desgar." los laughs> and it's funny, I remember in Kolkata as well, people, they, um, you know, it's funny people say that. People look on the smell on the, because remember the guys that we were staying with? They would say, these were six in Kolkata that we would stay with, and they would say that, artists, Yeah, because they beef. Because I beef. It's yeah. so funny, like you know, you hate someone, then suddenly the first thing is you start, start to smell something. From <laughs> you, really start to, you really start to start
1: to smell them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So this, yeah, these these guys are like sniffer Muslims Yeah, it. exactly. Sniffer, sniffer yeah. Shia in
1: Pakistan. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So these guys would be like another smell on the blah blah blah. So they would stop us from going to these areas. Don't go to these areas. It's dangerous, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and it kind of was. <laughs> was. It kind of was. But we we were kind of being a bit wrecked. Just not not the rest of the crew. Us two. Yeah. We were kind of like, "Oh, wow, we we'll figure it out, we'll be fine."
1: well because we were only there for a very limited time so this the main this main festival was going from the first to the tenth, yeah got extended to the thirteenth because of Jima. We'll explain that as well, but we were there from like the first to the sixteenth, so the first like thirteen days yeah. of what we what, you know of our trip was now going to be taken up by muharram, where Rababis didn't sing
0: yeah, but no and no no they they did sing. Because we met everyone we needed to meet. But that was good. Um, but the commu- and they sang everything we needed them to sing, right? So they, everyone participated in the interviews. And all it was just that the logistics of managing it was much more challenging. Because everyone wanted to sing. Yeah. But they were just worried about the, the community around them, that they're going to be like, oh, you're singing during Mahodrom, X, Y, and Z. But at the end of it, it, it all kind of worked out. But I remember the day that we had to go... Um, to their hotel, the Keith guys' hotel. So we were living at a different hotel from some of the other guys and we left, we, we ordered an Uber in the morning. You we said
1: this was the main day.
0: This was the main day. Yeah, yeah or, this was the this main was day the of ending, Maharam. The yeah. And we ordered an Uber, we had our breakfast at the hotel and we walk outside and it's dead. I we were talking about this that it was dead like, like lockdown is now but India is like, Pakistan's like India in terms of people everywhere but it was... Just dead. No one. And then this car rocks up. We sit in the car. And, of course, this guy's a Sunni and he starts talking smack about uh, the Muharram. As soon as we get in the car. Not about Muharram.
1: About Shias. About Shias. As soon as we get in the car. Because Muharram is a a month they celebrate too. Yeah. So it's important to them that Ali died. And they're like, yeah, we'll remember that. You know, that's important. We're sad about that. Yeah. But we're not going to... Hurt, hurt
0: ourselves. ourselves. So remember what he was saying. He was saying the the taxi driver started saying things like, you know, th- you know that this is devil worship because yeah. because they're doing the wrong thing. Allah yeah. is making them hurt themselves it's as a, a punishment. It's yeah. a. I mean, that's a good story. <laughs> it's right? a good, good story. Allah's making them hurt themselves because they're following the wrong path. Yeah. And then so basically, this guy drives us. The hotel, Kiratunad. Their hotel five was minutes. five minutes. Five minute drive. It wasn't long. Tops. And so I remember we got in the car and then it was. Two left turns to the hotel, right? First yep. left and there. And then so we take that first left, the streets are dead. And then we're driving, through, the next turn it's all dead as well. And then suddenly we start seeing people just walk towards us and we're kind of wedged in the middle. And the people just start increasing, increasing. Everyone's wearing white and all the white there are stained with blood. And, and we have to stop the car
1: because everyone is coming on the road.
0: On the road. On Everyone's the road. on the road. We're
1: driving towards them. They're walking towards yeah, us. The yeah. car stops. Then the
0: car surrounded by everybody. It's just like it. Yeah. yeah. Like this. It yeah. gets swarmed. The car got swarmed by yeah. people. Now were are in kurte and they had these things in their hands. Yeah. And uh, the things that they had been hurting themselves with, they had blood on them. And then their kurte was soaked red. Yeah. And... You know, we thought he'd just keep driving, he'd just keep driving, but this guy is just like swearing at them. Oh, he was he, he was, was <laughs> Punjabi
1: <laughs> expletives to the max, because Lahore is Punjab. Yeah. Punjab. So he's just uh,
0: Punjab. And the Gali <laughs> well, these guys are walking yeah. past, we're freaked out.
1: <laughs> I was like, I was like, this, you know, this whole situation of us being here can change in a second. In a second. In yeah. a second. Like right now, one guy, crazy person, yeah. goes.
0: You know, which is what which is what the Sunni um what's it called? The the security guards staff, they they were the worried time. about. Because yeah. we were like, you know, everyone's super nice. We had no the whole time we were in Pakistan we had a good time yeah. and no one said anything negative to us and so we didn't have one negative experience. Yeah. But um there were times when it felt like it could have gone south quickly. Yeah. And, it, and the feeling feeling I got was that if it does go south, it'll go south quickly. You know, yeah. like it won't be like something that you can see coming. It would just go.
1: Yeah, like if someone, if one of those uh, Shia people had heard that taxi driver swearing at swearing them at them, yeah, while they were going past, holding all that stuff, and yeah. then we got associated with that, or they just wanted to get the driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah, that was, that it. was it. There, there was a thousand of yeah. them, maybe more, walking yeah. out right after they were super emotional about this thing. Yeah. The final day, the most important day. Anything could have happened. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So the car comes to a standstill, and then. We were just like in shock, staring out the windows, just going, "What the hell's going on?" Because we had—I'd ne- never seen that before. I don't—I don't know if I've seen that much blood before. Like random pe- thousands of people, they all have blood on their shirts, and they're all just super candid. They're coming out of this procession. So basically, what they had done is they had blocked off 200 meters or something of a road, and on either side they had put up these chadra. so you can't see inside that section. And they had on this side of the they had a huge barbed wire sitting on the road. So you couldn't go and you couldn't do anything unless you were taking part of the procession. And out of this thing, everyone goes in with clean kurte. You and you're with, hearing chanting yeah. and everything, and then they come out with bloodied kurte.
1: And it's it's getting soaked. It's getting soaked. Some are soaked and you can see other that people's it's still kurte. That it's yeah, that the blood is spreading. Yes. You can see where the gush well, is. Yeah, you could see it you live, see, like, yeah, yeah it was happening. S- yeah. And it's not just one person. It's not 10, you know, it's not 10 people. It's a thousand people doing this. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then I remember then he took a detour and just got us out of there because it was getting a bit, a bit insane. And we made it to the hotel. You know, I think that, and we didn't walk out. Yeah. we like, we're staying in the hotel for a bit now. Yeah. We went to we, the roof and tried to... For the out. next two days, we didn't leave
1: the hotel. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think we were like, that's it. We got to Kirat's Hotel. We went to the, uh, the very top so we could look down and yeah. see what was happening. Yeah. To see if we could get an aerial view of you know, what was happening because it was all blocked off from ground. Yeah. Uh, and we did the drone. We did. Yeah. We tried, we tried to get some drone <laughs> we footage. Tried to get, we yeah.
0: tried to fly the... Because it was all blocked off. So to see it, we had to try to get the drone in there. Yeah. Uh, but it was a bit too far. But basically for Muharram, you know, everyone just kept saying "Ki Muharram the Muharram da dinya. And then so the first 10 days were a challenge because we had to get these guys on, on camera and then they were a bit, they weren't being hesitant, but the, the Sunni majority was being, being quite obstructive in that. And then finally we started getting them on camera and it was all good. And then the 10th rolls around and you have to realize that from the 1st to the 10th, everyone kept saying, After the 10th, after 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 tenth. Tenth, it will open up. After the 10th, it will open up. 10th rolls around and the, the guy turns around and says, <laughs> and, and yeah, the, the
1: reason for that is, is Friday is the, the big day in the Islamic weekly calendar. Prayer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The fr- Friday is it's the a big prayer. prayer. So they were like, all right, we just finished Moharram. Uh, not Moharram, I think Muharram is the entire month of September. I think they call the month of September Moharram. But they say Moharramane specifically for that event too. So they said, Jimmedanamazi yeah. on Friday, which happened to be the 13th. And we're leaving on the 16th, I think. Yeah. I think it was the 16th. And you were leave. I think you left the neck the day after me. I yeah, left two days after you. Something a day like and a half, two days, So yeah. we didn't we didn't have much time. Nathan was even before all of us. Nathan was even before
0: they, that. And then yeah. So it was wild.
1: Yeah, but we got we got the stuff. We, uh, got, everything. we, we got everything. We got everything.
0: But I think what about the Rababis?
1: I mean we met Rababis. Uh we were we were interested in what they're up to, what their lifestyle was, uh what their music was like. What memories I had?
0: Yeah. And what do
1: you What do you think of it?
0: Um, I think this has to be discussed in positives and ne- negatives, or yeah. not negatives, but things that I found impressive and things that I I wasn't impressed by. I think that's probably what we go or did, didn't leave an impression on me. You yeah. know. So um, one thing I guess is that they everyone that sings there, there's a different there's a different texture in the voice. There's a different approach to Composition as well, yeah. That I didn't, I'd, you know, been associated with the music field for a long time now in India, and the way compositions are structured, like fundamentally, is different. The way they compose, and it's a bit hard to describe that, um, but it's easy to experience that. And we experienced that every time we heard a rabbi sing, yeah. And there was I don't something know, different about there it, there was something, yeah. but but. I don't know if that's exclusive to the Bubbies. I don't know if I can go as far as saying that. You think it's
1: something to do with the Pakistani voice. In and Pakistan. and, the, the, and the culture voice. of music there.
0: Yeah. A culture yeah. of music there. I think it's a bit, I think, not a bit, it's very different. And I think that seeps through to everyone that's from that region, right? Like Bengal has a certain voice. Yeah. Like um, Bombay has a certain voice. Delhi has a certain voice. Punjab is, I think, Lahore and Pakistan, they have a certain voice. Yeah. And so I 'm a bit hesitant to say it's the bubby stamp on it, because a lot of people that have nothing to do with bubbies also have this unique flavor that exists um, but that was really enjoyable. that was really enjoyable. the way they sang the way they, and then the expressive nature in their singing. the one thing I, I really dislike about the the kind of rugby sings and all that that's that's coming in India now is um it literally feels like you go on Control c Control v Control v like just copy paste paste and you get three yeah. exactly the same they yeah. make sure their daddies are done exactly the same way bugs on yeah. exactly the same way they take the photo the the same way and that's their thing yeah. and then when they sit they have to make the same face and uh, god forbid they get impacted by their own music you should coin it huh? you should coin it coin what this process
1: rs rsp What's that? ragi standardization uh, yeah, process.
0: Yeah, What's exactly. It needs to be. Because if you, see, if you watch them sing, even, it's like they're restricted. It's, they can't even take joy in their own music because they have to put on this persona on the outside. Uh, uh, they seem mucked from that. You know, they they sing freely, they enjoy their own music, and they see the lyrics come alive when you do that.
1: It felt like they treated uh, so as like an indian punjabi or maybe just a north indian person would look at a Kowali and associate the the emotional response that that stuff creates yeah. when we listen to it yeah. i don't feel like we get that from Keetan. Keetan. but those guys uh, to them the the gurbani compositions and the Kowali compositions
0: were were poetry or divine, divine they are all divine poetry yeah. so they
1: were treating the that the same way yeah. and that was coming out in their singing
0: it was coming out in their singing and the word, when when you let the compositions impact you in that way, then I think the comp- the words then can come alive. Until that point, you're just... Look, if everyone's copying the same tunes, the same four you know, guzzle-ish tunes that the ragis have sung... Like, I remember when I was studying with Bai Hajit Singh Didli, right? bai Sintas Singh Ji's nephew. So this is years ago. I studied with him for for a bit. And he would say one thing really interesting. He used to say that when we were kids, as soon as the person started at the Gurudwara, because all the Raggis used to live next to the Gurudwara, as soon as the person started, you knew who it was. Is it Pyay Singh that's come to do the to the duty, or is it by Santasing that's come duty? Who who has You know, as soon as they start. Now it looks like it's just like a it's like a cheap version of Gulam Ali that's come to do githan. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Same. That's, the,
1: that's trending right now.
0: Yeah, that's... I mean, not yeah. just now. It's been like 10 years now. Yeah, it's been 10 years. Everyone's now. just like, okay, how can I sing a cheap... And what's gulamali? Ali? Ali is a shigird of a bade gulam Ali Khan and usad barkat Ali Khan and he made his own thing that has value. Yeah. Jagjit Singh sang gazos completely different. He sang his own thing had value. These guys have just taken the gulamali's Ali's thing. They can't do what he's doing properly. They do this cheap version. And then they, you know, they, they, they've tried to popularize it. So this, I, I don't enjoy it, and I don't think the lyrics can come alive in this format. But the way they were singing it, every, every itababi was singing it in a different style, and I felt like the lyrics were coming alive when that would happen. And our, the the negative side I felt was that they were really disconnected. On the same note, they were really disconnected from the all Sikh history, yeah. tradition. Yeah. They, really, they really had no idea apart from um, whatever they had heard from their like dad or granddad. Yeah. And because there had been no association with Sikhs or anything, they, they had no, uh, kind of, no yeah. way to bounce those ideas off. They had never heard about anything after that. I remember when we went to that Gurdwara. What was the Gurdwara called? I forget the name. But we went to this Gurdwara to shoot with by Muin. Uh Bebinanki. Was baby, I yeah, think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we get there, and we get to the top. We set up everything, whatever, whatever, whatever. But as we're getting in, or was it when we got there, or when we were leaving?
1: What? What exactly?
0: When? When? Um, by started talking about the compositions in Guru Granth Sahib.
1: <laughs> no, it was during the recording. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was when
0: we were walking in or out. So basically, we we're walking in or out, and so we we're Guru Granth troops there. And we, we shot on the ceiling. So we Matha took on the ground floor and then we'd walk up. But we Matha took and then we were going to walk up and by Muin's there and he's got his son and his nephew that sung with him. And his nephew is now be, training to become a Kabali singer. And he took his nephew and showed at him, like, you know, look, these guys are Matha taking to Guru Granth Sahib Ji. And he's like, that's Guru Granth Sahib Ji. It has all the bani of Guru Nanak Devji, of Shah Hussain, Shah Hussein of Bulle the- Shah. Yeah yeah Of you know var he yep. like, he just started saying all these things that are untrue, but because they have no association with Guru Granth Sahib Ji or the tradition, they start to attribute all these things in there, so basically they were just saying, or oh, they were pretending as if Gugan Sahib Ji a has all all these other Punjabi writers in it, which it doesn't yeah, and they never got told that, and because they've been separated from the tradition for so long of no fault of their own. Through partition. Um, through partition, they...
1: But at the same time, it feels like from w- when I met them, yeah. it felt, when we met them, it felt like their parents or even their grandparents, but a lot of the time their parents were the people who had survived and not known about their parents who were part of partition, had made a conscious effort not to bother uh, with that aspect of their learning. Uh, they they'd kind of gone, uh, you can learn bits and pieces. Yeah. No point on dwelling. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, why would you, right? Exactly.
0: Why would you yeah. like But, but you it was in Pakistan. No one wants to listen to this stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that, that I guess that's the eye opener for for the people who are listening as well. Is that the reason? You know, they are musicians, and yeah. we met, we met, we would randomly meet. Rababis trying to find another Rababi, and that guy said that, that was a guy who's a mu- music compu- composer. That guy's a movie director. That guy's a violinist. That, that guy's a violinist. Movies, yeah. So they're all associated with the music, but the connection to Sikhism and the connection to Kurbani is gone because they don't need it
0: yeah they've been well the main thing is main thing is that the the musicians and artists were separated from their patrons back yep. in when the partition happened yeah so now there's no one paying for you to do this stuff or keep this stuff alive you have to start doing other things yeah and those other things. If you have the musical seal in your family, you start to apply it wherever you can. So these guys started to. I mean, the Rababis ended up selling vegetables and passing away and becoming locksmiths and passing away. But some the tried to The hold guys who were
1: them. the Rababis, not even this generation. Not At even this time, generation. At that time. They yeah. had just given it up, said uh, Sarkari Nokri.
0: Sarkari Nokri, yeah. 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 And I mean, when we were there, there was a bit of. I don't know if it was a, You want to call it a resurgence? Because it's. Some people. It seemed opportunistic as well. Yeah. So we met one family in particular, um, and they seemed opportunistic. But at the same time, you know, what can you do? Uh, for example, that guy, one was a tailor, and the other one was literally a majdur that would, you know... Picking up bricks. Picking up bricks and doing all that kind of really hard labor. And they were associated to the Babi families, and they were kind of starting to sink ethan again, um, and they didn't really have the skill set. They didn't really have the skill set. They couldn't really sing at all. Um, but because this 550th was happening at that time and all that, so they were trying to um, gain on that aspect of it and start start kind of pulling in on that so they would go to Data Saib and almost beg that we're the bubbies and give us money and X, Y, and Z. So there's a lot of that happening as well. But So it was kind of it was a lot of mixed feelings. It was I kind of felt like it would be good if we could take the next generation of rugby talent. Because the talent is there. It's in their blood, no doubt. And if we could somehow support them, sponsor them, not just sponsor them, but provide them with good talim. That's what they don't have access to. They have talent, they have heart, they don't have good talim. And yep. talim, for those that don't know, that just that, edu- just that um, process of learning, um, the art form. So they have no access to that. And the more it kind of goes on and on and on, whatever they do have is just getting watered down because they have to sing less of the Sikh tradition because it doesn't pay anything and more of these other traditions that's paying their bills. So as interesting, generation, it's just getting watered down. So if there's a way that we can sponsor that or we can help give them talim, start teaching them, that's the only way that they could kind of come back. But that was my experience. It was a... It was mixed feeling. I will say the one thing I did come back with is that at the end of the day, there's no point looking elsewhere. It's why you left your job. It's why I left my job. I think
1: that's that's an important comment, uh, that like statement. You came out of that. We came out of that, and we were talking about how can we bring the the rabbis back, you know. And at, at the end of the day, you said we're not, we can't expect that they would do it. They might do it, they might not do it. You might give them money, you might give them talim, and they might not. They might do it, they might not do it. But I think you, you know, working your way all the way up to, to where you are now, after being associated with music and working full-time and trying to work it, you came back from that and you're like, I'm not going to expect them to do it. I shouldn't expect them to do it, so I'm going to do it.
0: Basically. I yeah. just felt like I needed to put money where my mouth is. Like I've been working as an engineer, X, Y, Z, and... You know, we keep expecting other people to do it, but at the end of the day, like we have to, we have to start doing it. So that's why I kind of came out with that, that experience as well. That it was kind of like we have to take that step. We have to take that step, and if if we don't do it, it's the same thing as them. Like they're not doing it because it's not affordable to them, right? And engineering definitely is more, it pays you way more than this stuff pays you without the guilt that you face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right and this stuff but you know why are we traveling there because that has a different kind of value has a different kind of value and the way i think is that we have to see uh, what kind of i I ask myself this often what kind of ancestor will you be i think about that often because like yeah we we like to deify our ancestors in the seventeen hundreds, they were like this. Eighteen hundreds, but when they were living their life, they were like us. Yeah, they would wake up. They'd go to sleep. They'd make use of the day, or they wouldn't make use of the day. Full stop. That's life. And so I think about that often. That you know, what kind of ancestor will you be when you when you when you are remembered? Did you do something that provided value to your tradition? To your culture, to your heritage, to your lineage—did did you do anything that that was a value like that? Like my granddad, the only thing that I have of value from him is the fact that he taught me a shabbat, and I have his harmonium. That's the only interaction I remember from him, and I value that.
1: And it sounds like your mum is—that's what your mum remembers. Your mum remembers his one or two of his shabbats. Exactly. Most. Yeah. You know, and it really comes out when using them.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I remember when I was. Um, Singing the, that famous Baharasha with Ajahn Mari Basant, And I uh, remember I was singing once and then I was just doing rears of that, sitting rears, rears, rears. And then I turned around and my mom was actually standing just out of the door and she had tears in her eyes. It was a weird feeling for me because I was like, oh, wait, holy crap, what was that? Yeah, normally it's ge- getting annoyed at your rears. <laughs> yeah, normally it's like getting annoyed. <laughs> Let us you know? sleep. Let us sleep. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's about that, you know? It's it, So I just got to a point where it was like, I mean, you know, you know, you've known me for years, yeah. And like, even with engineering, I was doing hours, just doing hours, doing hours, doing hours, 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 doing hours, on top of my engineering job. And then I was getting to a point where I was like, "There's so much, so much to do," and people don't realize this. There are so many compositions, so much to learn, that it's not a joke. People think it's a joke. People are like, Gandhi, no, 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 no. Those that learn properly, you know, within within six months, they know they're in deep waters. So they're like, okay, what did I just join? Yeah. What did I just walk into? If they make it to if six months. If they make it yeah. to, And then if they make it to six months, then that conversation is had in three years. Yeah. When after three years of hard work, they're like, well, hold on, are there any No. No. ki there badha pya? Yeah. And to me, that challenge is beautiful. And that, that challenge in itself... Um, It's a testament to our ancestors and to our culture the fact that it's hard the fact that it's challenging the fact that they did stuff You can't conceive one thing one musical concept That your buzzer haven't done that your ancestors haven't done and and perfected and, and and they've gone not one thing I mean, how can an art form reach that stage a pinnacle? That we as a generation can't do anything to it. Can't add to it. can't. We can just try to imitate a little bit. And then for us to let go of that. I mean, you know this as well. You you don't do music full time. But someone is, who, does, who doesn't do music full time, you still go to Gurdwar and say, what are you doing on the stage? Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. Why will, it shouldn't be Pai Tarasinji, one of his quotes, qu- qu- I remember he was saying, one of the videos that I saw, he was saying that if someone was singing something ridiculous, people would walk out of the darbar this is yeah. better and so they should and so and they th- should that,
1: that would bring the quality of our musicians up exactly, exactly. and i, th- I think pe- i think that's another thing that a lot of people are going to find controversial in our in our thinking that i agree with that that if something's not if if a, if a ruggy we were touching with us uh, touching on this before that if a ruggy is working a job as a musician mm. then he better be a good musician yeah if he's not then what he's doing? not doing his job. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. what, are you,
0: what should you be paid for? Yeah. Okay, people working eight-hour days, to, uh, you know, five, five, five days a week, they're working eight hours minimum, yeah. seven hours minimum. Oh, put that work in. Yeah. If you're not know willing to put that work in, what, do you want money for free? Yeah. You know, what are you looking for right or now? Or
1: what you learned at missionary college or whatever, whatever, whatever whichever yeah, place yeah, you went when to you learn. study
0: for two years or study for three years. And now you're going to make a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Out. Learn Kivar, learn how to do solid and learn 60 shepherds and then you're done yeah whereas we're sitting here going, we i mean people can't see it right now but there's a stack of books right behind you of compositions yeah and every day i'm just reading through that my i'm not overwhelmed because i like to i just chip away at it i just chip away at it but i know for a fact that i can't get through it all in my lifetime yeah i and i've accepted that yeah but knowing that that just means that we need more people at it seriously
1: i, I think you should, i think we should bring what something we should clarify again as well is that that you you're not saying or we're not saying that you shouldn't learn uh give them as a hobby that yeah. that's okay yeah that's there's nothing wrong with that that. Yeah. that and people can do that and you know some people do it for manchanti some people do it because they're genuinely interested in music some yeah. people do it because they you know they like it. They f- make makes them feel good, and there's a space for that. But when you when you move into the the realm where you're being paid for it, where you move into the realm where there's a lot of knowledge and research gone into something, yeah, uh, you should be yeah. delving into that. You should be looking into that, yeah. and it's not easy.
0: No, when we're looking at preservation, that's the difference here. Yeah. So I mean, the thing is, with, when it comes to music, people forget everything, all this stuff. But everything else, it, it applies. Yeah, you know? I mean,
1: people go to do yoga class. Imagine you have a yoga instructor who just did it, just did what they did and you know learned something and then yeah. came and said, "Oh, I'll
0: teach you now." I'll teach you now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. But just in the Gurukar, every other tradition also does. I'm not just talking about music. Every tradition deserves that respect. And what we do is we tend to throw the intangible stuff out the door because we can't see it. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. You know, there's that. Um, there's some things of the gurus that are still around. Guru kirpan, Guru shoes. shoes. Um, there's that family that has some sort of a kettle or something. I forgot that. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The g- one g- where the, sp- the,
1: the milk doesn't spill out? Is that the one you're talking about?
0: I don't know. There's some. But there's artifacts of the gurus with you, different people. You put water in it
1: and it doesn't... Are you talking about that one? The, you put water they in it... They came
0: here as well. It's like a non-sick family.
1: Yeah, 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 You put water in it and it doesn't come out I and spill know, and I then don't. you put milk in it and it. the holes are still there but it doesn't spill. Something, Something like that. I don't know. The, the <laughs> gurus,
0: yeah, the gurus' artifacts still exist, right? Now you can you can still um, pay respect to them, take part in that tradition and enjoy them, and etc. 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 But you would like them to be in the hands of someone who knows how to take care of that artifact, okay? Now if it's Guru Sahib's kirpan and Guru Sahib's shoes, right? And I take them and I chuck them in my shoe closet and they're crushed under all my shoes. Is that no Beardhbi? Yeah. Everyone would say yes. Yeah. Just apply that to the intangible stuff. You're taking this intangible heritage that, in my opinion, is much more valuable than the tangible stuff. Because at the... Shabad is the Guru. And the Shabbat came in sonic form, not in written form. You know, It wasn't like in the Christian tradition with tablets and stuff like that. Uh, this is, it came in the form of Gurbani, Sang Gurbani. So the Guru came in the sonic form, not in the written form. We forget that. Yeah. And so the intangible is what's most important. The, You know, this ideology and what was taught, that's what's most important, not what was tangible. And so we take that and we're ready to discard it at will. At we'll, will. Well,
1: think about the, the, the painting the paintings at uh, was it Dera in Pakistan.
0: Oh Jesus! Yeah, God damn. Same issue there, right? Well, that's terrible. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, that just uh, hurts to think about it, man. So yeah. basically, those that are listening, we went to Dera in Lahore, and that's a Guru Dara Guru Arjan Dev Ji was Shahid, right? Yeah. Actually, there's two stories. There's the other story where he was made Shahid Somewhere in was. that. Um, there's like a there's like a, a place where they do a lot of metal work and there's a story that he was made there as well so the people were telling us conflicting stories there regardless this gurdwara is the the official place yeah
1: it's official place there's a massive gurdwara there yeah yeah yeah.
0: and there they're basically destroying any last pieces of history architectural history left
1: they were in a real rush to renovate for 550 years and all the punjabis that were going to come into pakistan in november and we were there in september Mm. uh, and they were in a real rush to renovate so, yeah. part of that renovation process, much the same as it was done in India, was to plaster over all the old frescoes yeah. and repaint new ones. Yeah. I don't know. It, there was a lot of activity I saw on Instagram, the like, two or three weeks ago, where they were showing, like, what the old painting was and what the new one was. I don't know if it was specifically for Derasa, but it happened somewhere just when recently. When they repainted it? Yeah. They, right. And they just did a really bad job. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. The, the job that's redone is so bad. Yeah. Compared to what it was. But
0: But... Even if you don't redo it, but people people, people need to realize if they weren't in data stuff, they weren't even redoing it. What no. they were doing was so imagine you have, you know, tens of square meters of wall that's in like intricately painted with wall murals that depict sick history. And these guys were just taking a tub of paint and just chucking it on top. It, like was, it wasn't paint. even good paint either. It, it was, was like the shiny fake paint. Yeah, and <laughs> like yeah. it was, and it was like thick layers of paint yeah. that was peeling off. Yeah, and they would just literally paint straight over it. And the reason they were doing that because they had gotten these huge construction contracts. Yeah, from people that had donated and the funding that they had got for five fiftieth, need to show what they're doing with it. They need to do something with it. Yeah. So they were, for example, they had um, they had just constructed. De- De Sabre, one of the gurdwaras there. It's just a bu- it's just a very small building, like five meters by five meters squared and it's two-story and that building is only five meters by five meters but what they did was they're like we need to do something here so they just basically built around it and at the ceiling level they just built um i don't even know how to describe it do you remember you know what i'm talking about yeah so it's five meters by five meters but say around it like 50 meters by 50 meters they just gave it a roof and it was outdoors and they had pillars Remember that? Yep, I remember. And when they did that, when they did that, they literally built past halfway past the, um, the door on the second floor. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even walk in the door. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, well, You had to go up from another way. You had to from go around. from another way. Around, and then yeah. you had to sneak in because they had literally, like, pretend if, if we were to walk out this door or you walk out indoor, you open the door and there's concrete halfway through the door up to the door and yep. then you have the rest the top half of the door to sneak through that's what these guys did and then when we finally made it in there we looked at the ceiling and it was the last place that was preserved yeah and it had all the intricate markings there and we just got taken back like wow this is preserved yeah and then we realized why it was preserved is because it was a storeroom for the painters so it was just going to get painted last
1: it was a store, yes, that's right,
0: and so yeah. remember everything all yeah. the gun everything was there, yeah, and that's why they hadn't touched it, because painters were just putting all their equipment there,, yeah. and then while they were trashing everywhere else, you know in the name of the five fiftieth, um they were storing all their equipment there, so point being that we just have never had respect for these these art forms but but then again, it's you know our community has gone through a lot, so it's it's easy for us to say. But the fact that I I left engineering um, is also a liberty that I have, right? That people going that went through the partition didn't have. The Rabbi's went. Cro- some rubbies crossed to the other side and they were they were they were killed. They didn't have the liberty to choose. So, yeah. if we have that liberty, then we should see what's important. And and to be honest, since I left it, and I've been doing music, I've been able to one study, of course more and also teach people that want to learn more yeah which means more to me because you teach these compositions and only by teaching and doing them will they recirculate and you can only do your your little bit you know that's it and that was that was my kind of takeaway I know we just digressed from from Pakistan yeah but that's what the Rebabis did because it's like you, you can't we can't keep looking forever at some point, we need to become the ancestors that we, we remember. Yeah. And the, the issue we were, we're having our fuel right now is that in the 1900s, we had cameras for the first time. Yeah. And recording devices for the first time. I don't know if this is, this, is, this is my theory. And I feel like it's true because what we say is that, everyone that we, every personality that we remember from the 1900s, we pretend like there was no one before them. We pretend like there's no one been like them before, right? Um, whereas the truth is that in the Gurukar, in the Guru's court, there's always people like that. There's always there was there was people like we've had, the Sikh leaders that we've had, the musicians that we had in the nineteen hundreds, there was they were always there in the eighteen hundreds, they were in the seventeen hundreds, and they will keep being in the future That's that's the of the Guru and the Guru but because once they were immortalized in photographs and videos and this that, and the other, now we're just stuck. Yeah, we're just stuck. We're just like, okay, there will be no one like by Santa Singh Ji. There will be no one like by Simon Singh Ji. There will be no one like these. It's like, no, 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 that's a bad. Yeah, that's 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 a worst way to approach it. Yeah, do you think they thought like that? Yeah, do you think they thought that there would be no one like their bazuruk? How could they sing like they sang?
1: And I think some of the compositions that you found in the research. Have been like really, really good quality bandishes, which give you, you know, insight into what caliber of musician the yes. person who made the composition, yes. composition must have been. Incredible. Oh. Which is, I mean, yeah, we don't have the fortune of listening to them, but you.
0: Just the composition tells you.
1: The composition tells you. The composition and then how well the composition is in the rag as well mm. at times. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, there, there, there is that problem as well, which, I mean, digressing again, but there there is a problem of. The way, rag, band- the bandishes, that like cal bandishes and stuff are sung today, and how forcefully they sound fit into, into bandishes, compared to the stuff that you've been finding. So a lot I'm of talking the, Ethan I'm talking about Keithan, yeah. Yes. So yeah. So the we you you get the you get your, you know you get your malcons, bandish, yeah. whatever it is, and it seems like you know you've got you know exactly what the what it's gonna sound like? It's in you're running in your head now. It's running in my head. You know exactly yeah. what it's gonna go like. How it's yeah. seen, and
0: that's it. nisa, ma. Yeah, look, same we time. said it at the same time.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know yeah. that's how it's gonna go. But then you look at the old uh, yeah. uh, compositions. They're unique.
0: They're they sound like they belong to kirtan, and
1: they sound really well fitted. Yeah.
0: yeah, and they sound like nothing outside kirtan.
1: Yeah.
0: Whereas everything outside kirtan sounds like it, it. They sound like each other. Yeah. You know the compositions. They somewhat sound like each other. These Gitan compositions. Like, well, hold on. You, it seems like you're you've you're thinking on a different place. Like I'm I'm not even gonna say better or worse, but I'm just saying different plane. You know, it's like it's like you have the X Y axis and these guys are on the Z axis. Like these guys are just thinking differently about the words and so which which is what bugs me when people simplify it. And you know you see this all the time when someone asks, what's the difference between Gurbani Gitan or as it's known now, like Gurmut Sangeet or this style of music, Tashastri Sangeet yeah and then, and they just say oh it's the clarity of words and they move on yeah that's an, that's not true no that's that's belittling it that's selling it short yeah because the truth is that good musicians in shastri singit and this has been my experience treat words and lyrics better than ruggies are treating them so how can you say that the yeah there's there's exceptions always but there's so many people that are treating the words and they look for sahite, you know. They'll sing something and they'll say, "No, this saas none of the lyrics, talking about the fights between the daughter-in-law and the mum. We need to stop singing them because we need to pay attention to sahite, which is literature. And more and more and more, they're focusing on pronunciation and uh, making sure your diction's perfect, x, y, and z. And that's decreasing in kirtan. So it's just it just sounds good, so people say it, yeah, because it sounds good. You know, what's the point of difference? Or oh, we focus on the gurbani kirtan. So the question then becomes. If I sing a Shastri Singhit composition and just pronounce absolutely beautifully and clearly, does that make it a the same as a Gurma Singhit or Gurbani Singhit composition? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. What you have to look at is the bantar or the, the way the compositions are made, the rags that are utilized, the way the words are um, presented through the composition. The aim of the composition always is um,
1: Enhancing the words.
0: Enhancing the words, but I'm just trying to translate it, but lyrics, That's the point. What, with The words that you're singing it should be standing in front of you. That's your, there's no I I, Sikhi, I Gurbani or Siki to the max behind you when you're singing. Yeah. Right? You are the, that medium. So if you're singing these, the Shabad, the shabad art should be standing in front of the sangat that that's that was the goal back in the day
1: yeah i mean rather than treating them like the same thing and saying that that's the simple difference yeah uh, you have to realize that they're transferable skills yeah they're transferable skills from uh, from kyal dorpad into kirtan but if you want to be a, if you want to be a kirtani and you want to do that or if that's what you're aiming at perfecting it's going to need its own practice
0: And the thing is, it's transferable because uh, a Kaliya was in kal, drupadi was in Drupad, etcetera, etc. But in the Gurbani Singh tradition, it's like an umbrella term. Yeah. It has all of this in it. Yeah. It has the kal compositions. It has the Drupad compositions. It has those folk compositions. It has all these styles in it.
1: It has Trane, if you want to look
0: at it. Yeah. Exactly. It has Trane. It has... So... Um, like a Drupad singer wouldn't sing Trane, but a Gurbani singer will. And they would sing Drupad and they would sing a, a Trane. Yeah. So how does that work? All in one. All in one. So yeah. how does that work? It was common for kirtanis to sing something and and finish it with a Trana. For those that don't know, Trane are um, lyrical compositions that kind of. um almost battle with instrumentals, instru- instrumental compositions. Because yes. instrumental compositions, or they're called guts. Gut is an instrumental composition. The way they're played with um, the plucking or the bowing, the capacity to go fast is more than a vocalist. And so to compete with that, vocalists started doing, uh, instead of having full lyrics that impede and slow you down, they started using words like deem, tom, tanana, ya lali, ya all this stuff that... Are said to have Persian roots that mean uh, various things. That's called a Tranna, which has lyrics like that. And we have those. Guru Gobind Singh has written them. Tadradani Dani, dani Tundani Talal Tund, etc. There's like a bunch of them. And he's written them as Tilane, which is a different name from the South Indian side. Anyways. But, um, so someone that's singing Trane, someone that's singing Drupad, someone that's singing Kayal, and someone that's singing Vara, some, uh, hold on.
1: You're it's talking not about, genres.
0: yeah. Oh, whoa. Like, you're talking about, like, a, you know, this person isn't a joke. This person covers, you know, so many genres that the level of skill required is on a different plane. It's on a different plane. And so that's why the skills are transferable because they're not transferable. They're literally, you know, that you need one them. piece. Yeah, you it's need them. One piece. You need yeah. to be able to sing those. You need the. Um, to develop all the ball work and everything like that. Ball work you know, to do with the lyrics, to sing all the drupadkana kind of style. And you need the tayari which is that um just means
1: how do you say that? You just say the I
0: don't know. <laughs> we just just called tayari Yeah. You need a certain amount of tayari to sing the cow compositions. And you need a certain like mizaj or style to sing the folk composition. All this all this comes in into play. So Gurbani singing tradition is much deeper in that in that sense so the skills are transferable and just simply saying oh we we focus more on the lyrics it's, it's just not it just means that you you haven't paid attention to either tradition
1: no yeah, because shastri
0: singhi tradition you look at gyan prakash gosh are you gonna tell pandit gyan prakash gosh who's this um incredible musician he was from kolkata you're gonna t- tell him that he doesn't care about lyrics
1: <laughs> and now, because you do, you're a Gurbani yeah, ski <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He
0: was known for his lyrics and how he used to una lyrics nu no Gardena composition de vich. Yeah. And so you're gonna tell this guy that he has absolutely beautiful lyrics that he doesn't. So it's kind of childish to to have that approach. I don't know how we got here.
1: Yeah, I I don't remember either. But uh, I think. The person the one person that really deserves credit for I mean one person who we really enjoyed meeting, uh and that deserves recognition. Uh I mean there were there were a few of them, but the one that comes to mind is the full name you tell me, but it's Badru. Uh what his full name?
0: Sheik Sheikh Badru Badruzaman. Badruzaman. Sheikh Badruzaman. Yeah.
1: So that that guy, uh eighty something years old. That guy is something else. We met him in Pakistan. And
0: I have the fortune of calling him my nostalgia now. The,
1: yes. The, the way he remembered compositions was as though he learned it yesterday. And he was pulling out stuff that he learned 60 years ago.
0: Right? That he had never used That he had
1: never used, never sung. He didn't need to do all that stuff. In, he didn't need to sing Gurbani compositions in, in Pakistan, but he'd learned them. He's
0: written seven books. I think it was more than seven. No, was no, six, seven. He's yeah. posting them to me now. Right, yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I should get them in like two weeks, something. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this guy is just... Was I mean, he felt else.
1: like the, the type of respect we're talking about, he kind of had that... Yeah.
0: He was the one... He was like an academic, and he had he had retained all of that. And he was a student of... He had learned from by Nasida, who we spoke about earlier. And he had learned from a uh, Rabbi called by Faz. So he had learned to whole compositions. And I've, I, I've learned a host of compositions from him both uh Punjabi compositions and gurbani compositions and so i've i've showed you some of them yeah that guy was that guy was very so very
1: proud punjabi he was, he was a very, very very proud punjabi oh god yeah <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> i, I can not remember what he was saying he was saying stuff what was he saying the uh, he was just punjabi talk- bandishan he was like what did he say
0: about the Shashti sangeet bandishan he said india has nothing he said Indi- he said if India was to give Punjab all of its rags back, Yeah, India would have nothing. Right. He was saying that P- Punjab gave India 60 or 160 rags. I can't remember now. Yeah. And he By had, Punjab, we, we're specifically talking India, Punjab, and Pakistan. Punjab. We're talking Punjab pre partition Punjab. Yeah. Punjab, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he was saying that I mean. the Punjab tradition, musical tradition from Punjab, gave the wider Indian tradition that many rags. Yeah. And... Now, he was his frustration came from a fair place, which we've experienced as well, that in the broader scheme of things, India doesn't respect Punjab for music. Yeah. Not just doesn't respect it, it's about the jokes. Yeah. Um, and good reason. We think that when we listen to guys singing out of Punjab, like, this is Be Talim, this has no Talim, people just... Uh, it, it's sad, but it's the truth. And so India, Punjab's now got this reputation in India... Which it didn't have it was the exact opposite of that before. Yeah. Of I don't wanna say laughing stock, but c- certainly a tradition uh, a, a area where people don't respect it. You know? Right now the most respected places are Pune and Kolkata. Yeah. These two are most respected for their music. Before it used to be Punjab. Punjab was in that. Yeah. Now it's definitely not. And so he was from that from that era that he remembered the Punjab. When Punjab so he was recalling his teacher, um Gulam Khan, singing at Darbar that area, yep. and you know singing Drut Gujar for four hours or six hours, you know these wild stories that only can come out of Punjab. Yeah, <laughs> you know you're not gonna hear a guy from Kolkata, yep. a Bengali fella singing, singing like that. You're not gonna hear a guy from Pune singing like that. Um, these kind of s- stories of like valor in singing, and musicianship. They came out of that kind of hot-bloodedness that Punjabis are known for. And that kind of level of competition, fierce competition that, that exists in Punjabi blood. Um, that's now turned into Musayara, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's all about that. Like, it's that same kind of fire that's there, but now it's just like turned into these guys just pretending like they, they have something and then they're just walking around in these cars with these guns, that's what I said, but it's the same people like you know it's the same people from that same place i mean and we should
1: we should mention as well that the the idea of punjabi music being good before isn't a romanticized concept no, it's a real no, no, it's no. not it's not something we say to make ourselves sound good no, no. uh to be like oh yeah we were good ones upon a time it's a real thing yeah uh, a fact. yeah i mean Rababis were top class musicians yeah. uh the the rest of you know what is respected and feared. Respected and feared. Yeah, the, yeah. The, what South Asia sees as, you know the music scene today. Like at that time, that was the place to be. Yeah. Uh, and we, I mean, even the, I mean, I kind of for a long time was like, you know, how good, you know, how good, could, could, was it that could, how was good? Was it you know, like, you know, like we like to say that, you know, like, you know, Gatka was this and this was that, you know, like, you know, and we yeah. we, we do that. Uh, but the the best example is I think we have Gulamali, current Gulamali the yeah. Ghazal singer who I mean obviously knows his fair share of music, having visited Darbasab many times, and he's he's a person who's still alive now, who testifies to the fact that when I was a young and a kid, the music at Darbasab was good. Yeah. I'm I'm calling it music because from his perspective it's kirtan, yeah. it's music. He's saying it's good and now he's like my ears hurt <laughs> <laughs> The, the, I think I think yeah. he had the conversation I think he had it with Subji Singh Lodi I think that's where it came down to me yeah. from yeah. knowing him Lodi told you yeah yeah and he was just like he we went and it was like Aki yeah Aki he, he didn't say Aki he said Aki Hogan. yeah
0: and just imagine if we walked in there and the guy doing part was doing in this horrendous voice and you couldn't hear any of the words that he was saying you would say get this guy out get someone more trained in <laughs> yeah
1: yeah or train this guy <laughs> or train, <laughs> train this guy as and bring him as simple as that yeah yeah
0: as simple as that. Now, I remember, I, yeah, I like you go there, and a lot of the times that even the harmonium, it's gold plated, but it's out of tune.
1: Yeah, that that's sad. You, you can hear it as soon as the. I mean, if anyone wants to pay attention now, uh, we might be ruining the Keetan for a lot of people no, right no, now. No. But you can hear it as soon as they start swinging the tabla. Yeah, this. And hit this the sapa
0: Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> think people need to realize that this this has nothing to do with Keetan as a spiritual practice. It has everything to do with the traditions of the Gurukar being upheld. And so if, you, if you're just part of the Sangat, that's a different story. But if you're actively engaged in the upkeep of tradition, then all of these things matter much more. And so you have to kind of see it from that lens. And it's sad that you, we have money to put gold plates on the harmonium, but you can't pay like a thousand rupees to get that thing tuned. Yeah, it's absurd.
1: Or pay the guy who is singing using it to sing a decent wage, and say if you, you have to learn. Yeah, you have to learn. You have to learn.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I think we we've been on for a long time. Let's just do this. We had a few questions. Yeah. Um. Shall we just rip through them? Let's do it. All right. So the first one was um, we got this on Instagram. First one was rears. So what, what in your rears? Uh, helps you in life, or kind of uh, what have you learned from Riaz that has helped you in life? At different
1: points, at different points in my life, it, it's meant different things. Right at the moment, Riaz means uh, mindfulness. Right. So, if you sit down and you do meditation and you sit down for 10 minutes and you say, For 10 minutes, I'm not going to think anything, that's impossible. You know, it's like actually, I mean, I'm sure people, maybe someone who's been training for years and years can do it. But for me, I haven't been doing it for long. It's like you can tell yourself as many times as you want, but you can tell yourself why you have your eyes closed that I'm not going to think about anything. And that becomes a thought, which leads to 50 thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So for me, you apply, if you can apply that concept, you can use, you can use it as the same way. So you can be like, I've, this is my practice and I'm going to give it 100% of my attention for this amount of time. Yeah. I'm taking this Balta, I'm taking this Vlambad, I'm taking this Pandish, and I'm going to do nothing but this. This is my practice. Mm. If, you, if you can achieve some mastery of that, you can then achieve the mindfulness in everything else as well.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You, you can apply that to whatever ta- your work, you can apply it to you know, your family life, you can apply it to reading a book, that this gets my soul attention. But discipline. Yeah, and when you when you realize that you have no control of that, uh, that you have no control of where your attention goes, and then you start trying to hone in on it, it mm. is a tool I think to help expand on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're kind of looking at like med- meditation, pretty much, in that it, sense.
1: It's just yeah. It's I mean, it's like one answer to that question. I, yeah. I feel like I have thirty ready. <laughs> What's another one? Oh, I, I let you
0: go first. Well, I mean, we spoke about this before, but the yeah. main thing yeah. um, is ego, for me. Like, I think Riaz is, and, and not just music, engaged in any serious tradition and a serious pursuit for anything, uh, the best thing it does for you is obliterate your ego. You can't fake be humble. Um, all that kind of stuff just goes out the door because you inside you, you know that there's all this that needs to be done and all this that needs to be worked on. And I mean, any music student knows this, that once they learn for a little bit, the first thing they know is, oh, you know, this is just never ending. I thought I had something. Yeah. And then you you go two years down and you turn a corner and you're like, whoa, hold on. The mountain's like three times the size that I thought. You get to that peak three years later and you go, "Well, hold on. Yeah. This was nothing. It's three times bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to a point where you just end up embracing that that struggle you just kind of that becomes your life but that process just gets really like it just it doesn't get rid of you but it's all your ego but it's always just keeping it in check it's always keeping it in check and i think that didn't filters through your your entire life because you know that every facet of your life that you could be egotistical in that every separate thing is a tradition on its own which if you start to scratch the surface will turn out to be as deep as the tradition that you're engaged in right now. And then the other thing that comes out of that is, just piggybacking off this, is that once you're engaged in learning one tradition, you respect the depths of all other traditions. If you don't learn anything properly, if you're not sincerely engaged in anything, everything is the same to you. you yeah. You go to your job you come back everything everything that happens is the same to you the guy that play, is playing is tabla, is the same to you as the guy that's writing a book is the same guy that's running a computer is the same guy that's plumbing it's it's everything's you have no respect for anything in life
1: well you just have this kind of reverence but you have no idea
0: you have no idea what it is yeah. but once you start going deeper and deeper and deeper into one subject you realize that you to get anywhere, you have to really hone in on a very small frequency. It's a very small wavelength of one thing because everything's too big. It's too yeah. vast. Yeah. And then you go deeper on that one little wavelength and you're like, well, this is never-ending in itself. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> and then you step back and look at the entire spectrum and you go, well, hold on. That means that every single little thing that I'm looking at, just in singing, ghazal singing is like that, cow's like that, Dupa's like that, tumri dadras like that, it's like, well, what's going on over here? You know, folks? Are, okay, then you step out of that. You go, okay, you go into sitar. You go into sarangi. You go into tabla. You go into anything. You go, well, hold on. And then you step out from that even further. And you start, okay, what about poetry? What type of poetry? You go into the wavelengths and you realize that these, everything is that deep. And so, again, this is that thing about, about ego. It doesn't leave any room for that because you realize how small you are. And your pursuit is so small, but to you it's so big. Yeah. And well on the same edge. Yeah. And
1: probably contrasting what you just said, what about the sense of achievement that you get from doing it as, If you do it systematically? Which do you think that's a transferable skill that goes into the rest of the things you do? Like for example, if you can do it as, and if you can set your mind that I want to achieve this whether that's with that session, whether that's over the six months or whether that's over the year, and you can achieve that, if you would think that that would train you to be able to achieve anything. things in other fields. Yeah, anything. Because the approach is the same. Well, you, you create the, the system.
0: Yeah, yeah. and the approach is, one, your ego is gone. Yeah. Two, you learn who you are and you learn how you operate and what you need to do. And then you apply that formula to everything else. So that's with anything. You know. Once someone becomes a master at one thing, they know the system. They know how to do it. Yep. You know, I'm not going to become a basketball player because I don't have the height and the physical attributes, but I, have, I know that if I give a solid crack at something else, I have enough faith in myself that I'll do a good job. And that comes through the hours. So it gives you that self-confidence which isn't rooted in ego. It's rooted in hard work and ethics. Like, uh, it's just, I know I, I can put in the work and I'm disciplined, blah, blah, blah. And so that, it's a good point that that spreads throughout everything else.
1: Well, and then I get another point from what you're saying as well because you're talking about you learning about yourself. Yeah. But the process of Riaz doesn't just teach you about yourself, it teaches you about others. example, simple music example is from having done music, like learning music and you being a teacher now, you can tell the difference between someone can't uh, sing top Gomalga because they physically can't do it, or because they mentally can't do it. Absolutely. And you know that
0: from your own practice, yeah. where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. That's why you need a guru, a teacher, because yeah. the teacher's gone through the path that you've gone through. If you get the right one. And
1: that same thing applies to to I mean, then life. You yeah. can see if someone's trying hard at something. Uh, you can see how they set up their life, how they're looking at their goals how they're trying to achieve what they're trying to achieve. And you can see whether it's a systematic approach, whether it's an achievable approach, uh, whether what they're doing, whether whether where they're failing is physically or mentally.
0: Yeah. 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 And then the other thing is, um, to kind of explain what, what I was talking about earlier, It's a really great example that I've mentioned to you before that I heard from Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm pretty sure I heard it from him. He's a physicist. And... How he described it is, if you put a dot on a piece of paper, and that dot is your knowledge, the circumference of that dot is your ignorance, what you're ignorant about. So if your knowledge is just the size of that dot, the circumference is very small. So you don't even know what you're ignorant about. You're ignorant about nothing right now. right? That's what happens with people that come to learn and all that kind of stuff. They just walk into a tradition. They don't know what they don't know you yep. don't know what you don't know yeah and then as your knowledge starts to grow that circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and now it's huge and you you've become much better at that skill set and your knowledge in that subject has grown but the circumference is huge now and if you stand at any point of that circumference that's your that's your kind of uh, ignorance yeah so it's 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 kind of interesting because the more you learn, the more you realize you you don't know anything. And if you don't know anything, it's blissful. I remember when I first started learning, you know, I learned for like four or five years and I was in bliss. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm good. Right? Yeah. Until you go to someone, yeah, you know, that actually has talim. And then they, yeah. they put you, and they don't even put you in your place. You just... Just by associating with them, fit into your place. Yeah, yeah. you yeah, yeah. you kind of you kind of put back into your place automatically. Yeah, not by them, but by the tradition. Yeah, the tradition puts you in your place,
1: and then if you do make it to where they're at, then the tradition puts you in the place for yeah. it, because then you know what you don't know. Yeah, and it humbles you itself, and it humbles yourself, yeah.
0: and so you always see that people that don't know, they're always talking the most. Always yeah, talking, 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 because they don't. They just. You know, And people that do know will admit, okay, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. If someone comes to talk to me on percussion, I'll say, I don't know about this aspect. I know this. I don't know that. Come talk to me about this. Okay, I don't know this. I know. The person that says, I know everything, just never trust that guy. Yeah. That's that's something I've learned. Just never trust the guy that says he knows everything. Ne- and never trust the guy that says, I'll tell you tomorrow. I'll tell you in four days. Yeah. I'll tell you in three weeks. Yeah. They're just hanging a carrot in front of you. And there's heaps of people like that in, in, in our tradition today as well that just hold a carrot in front of students for years and years and years. And the poor students just never find out that there's nothing here. This isn't the tip of the iceberg. There's actually nothing here. It's just an ice cube on, on, on the top of the ocean. Yeah.
1: I mean, we, we have seen that a lot. And that is a life experience. That the people, the person who has knowledge isn't scared to give it away. Yeah. Uh, and it's not the fact that they're, it's not about whether they're worried that they'll achieve your level. Yeah. Or not. It's the fact that they know that what they learned took them like twenty years, or thirty mm. years, or forty years, and you're not getting anywhere near it for yeah. for a long time. Yeah, and so if you just, get it. It just comes out. It just comes out. And yeah. if
0: you get it, you've deserved to get it. Yeah. Right. Okay? This is the beautiful thing about vidya is that a vandanal which yeah. means it grows by sharing it. Yeah. It doesn't diminish. It grows. And I remember I had a good experience with shout out to Rajivinder, he's a tabla player, he lives in America now, such a nice guy, he plays well, and uh, he learnt from Jayadevji in India, plays really well, and he he used to be in Sydney, I remember we used to always sit around and I'd sing, he'd play, etc, 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 then he had his tabla book there once, he just, you know, he was so open and free with his tabla book, he taught me a lot, it was, yeah. it was this thick book of, of the material and he would just hand it to whoever wanted it. Yeah. Just imagine that.
2: Yeah.
0: All your material. He would take the book. Ah, la, la. You know, decades of him writing this stuff out, learning and practicing. It, just, ah, la, la. And it's like, why are you doing that? Yeah. You know, well, why would you just hand that out? And it was like, well, if they get it, they deserve to get it. Yeah. If I give you a than and you sing that thaan. Well you deserve to sing that done because you've done the work. Yeah. If I give you a composition and you sing that composition, then you deserve to sing that composition. Otherwise you're just gonna you won't be able to sing it full strong. Yeah. This is that's why they call it kartavidya, karanalandiya, sochanal, dekanal, nakalakarana hunda. You have to do it. And so if you can do it, you get it.
2: Yeah.
0: So then you deserve to get it. So if someone comes to me and says this, that and the other, whatever I know, I'll share it because if you can figure it out then you've done Good that work you. behind it. Good on you. Yeah. Exactly. Good on you. He's
1: the next thing. He's the next it's thing. It's never ending. It's never ending. It's all in my head. It's never ending. Here yeah. you go. Take as much as
0: you want. Exactly. It's never yeah. ending. And it's never going ne- to, I mean, that's the beauty of it at the end of the day. All right. I think it's been a long time. One more question. What? Think you, do we have one more question to answer? Or is that, that's oh, We daunting. have heaps of questions. All right. But we can, how about we take like a toilet break? <laughs> and then oh, I see what back. you did there. Huh? And, then we'll <laughs> all right. and then we'll come back all right, I went to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I feel relaxed. You look much better. I am, my friend. I feel relaxed. I can keep talking now, you know. Okay. Although I do want this to wrap up because I want to make another cup of jar.
1: Another Sit one. Down. Another one. That's my third one.
0: Yeah. And uh, I some badam that I've peeled from last night. I'll take them out. Chill gear. gear. Do you eat five, seven, or nine? Wait, five? Usually five. Five? Yeah, usually five at a time.
1: There is some magic to five, seven, or nine.
0: I don't know if there's magic, but I usually eat five.
1: That's my nanny believes that. Really? Yeah, she's like, I ate, I picked up badam like this because we used to do that to eat badam, especially yeah. in winter, because there's yeah. the like, idea of garam food and tanda food, yeah, you know. Yeah. Now yeah, co- yeah. It's weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I would, I'd love badam like the ones that are soaked and then peeled. Yeah. So I just pick well, them. You
0: didn't up. tell me that you should have just taken some. Normally people hate them. That's why I, I
1: didn't even know what it was. I didn't. Oh. So yeah. So I I always I love that. So I just used to eat heaps of them, and then my nanny was like, "Nay, banj.
0: sat, sat janno." Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I, I normally eat five, so I want this to wrap, so I can go make more char and eat take more more thumbs the yeah. Then sit down, turn the lamp, on, and sit in somebody else this talking
1: till tomorrow morning
0: because that's how you
1: practice every day
0: till tomorrow morning yeah that's silly yeah. Offering. Oh, no no
1: no sorry that was that was too less hmm?
0: that was too <laughs> less <laughs> you do 17 hours yeah, yeah. 17 hours yeah, yeah. No. anyways so we were, we were just we were just talking about learning together someone asked what's it like learning together and that's an interesting question because we learnt together for a whole chunk probably the first half of this decade right? yeah, yeah that's probably the right right time frame and uh, we made a few trips to Kolkata together a few trips to India together and it's it's good in the sense that it's good and bad it's good because it's more good than bad for sure yeah 100% you should have people that you learn with um, it, it really helps you motivate and
1: I don't think we would have survived our first few trips to Kolkata without each other
0: yeah I think yeah. it would
1: have been really bad it would have been rough yeah it would have been
0: rough and because you need because people don't understand how tough it actually is to learn. Yeah. People don't actually understand how tough it is. And so when you're learning, you're going through that. It's good to have someone else that's also going through that. And you can kind of bounce off each other. You can relax a little bit. And you're going through this thing together, which is a huge challenge. But it, I mean, I guess it's kind of like working out. You know, that's why people working in groups. Because when you do something together, you're going to push through a little bit more than you would have individually. Your breaking point gets pushed that much further out so learning together is better you can bounce those ideas off each other then ideas of the and all this kind of stuff you can kind of bounce off each other material we have this all the time where i turn around to you i'm like what was that thing and then you remember it you tell yeah. me or vice versa and that's really good to have in music it is so that's a good point the bad point would just be i guess when you're together and you need to blow off steam you don't do the you yeah. Know, you just, yeah. We, we would just go out and get... We would just go out and... Eat pastries. Eat pastries. Eat pastries, <laughs> eat pastries watch a movie just, at 12... Watch a movie at like... 12am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we'd just be so... You get physically, not physically... Yeah, you get physically exhausted. Like, you're mentally exhausted and then it just turns into physical exhaustion yeah. from from all the practice and learning. But and also kind of, just Kolkata. And Kolkata. Kolkata was Kolkata's a place
1: yeah. that just... I mean, India just generally is that type of place. Yeah, it gets to,
0: yeah. Where you just try
1: going from one place... And coming back tires you out, exhausts you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not easy to do
0: that. No, no, no. And it, the way the way we learned, we used we would have to go f- like on on a motorcycle at the back of a motorcycle f- for an hour and a half or something like that. Yeah. In India. Yeah. And so you would do that on a motorcycle. I at the but towards the end of it, I was riding the motorcycle. At, towards the end of it, yeah, yeah you yeah. did And ended up then, doing it. Yeah, ride the motorcycle for an hour and a half. And then get to it's all in traffic. Ticatta, in, in, traffic, in traffic and there's everywhere. And then you get to the other end and you park the motorcycle. Then you're sitting down on your ass on the hard floor, like butter for you know, Marble. hours, hours, yeah. hours, hours. And then you finish that and you're just like, okay, I need a break. Yeah. And then so, whereas I guess that time can be used more efficiently. But to be honest, I think you need to balance it. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any real negative points of learning together. It's just. I think it's way more. If plus. The negative is if you're feeling
1: exhausted or bad together, then then you and you both decide to be in that mindset. It's hard. You can waste if, time. You can waste time, and one person, if one person is still in that mindset, and the other person is trying to come out of it, it can be hard to.
0: Yeah, but it can work the other way. It can. And it work. works the it other can, way more so. Yeah. When the other person pulls you out of it.
1: Yeah. Sometimes. To, Cause there've been times where we we would sit down and you would be I'd be like let's do it let's do some practice and you'd be like no bro, no, bro. and there's probably more times where I've said no bro yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's probably more times where I've done yeah. you've got more discipline than me but uh yeah but there have been times where we've sat down with something and by the end of it because one person's pushing it's gotten mine. better
0: yeah yeah and I do this with my my um, my students now where we we sit online. And, and just do hours, and people haven't sat for this long it's yeah. not a concept so I had like two weeks ago a student of mine sat online for four hours straight doing one spartan yeah. two spartans yeah. that concept doesn't even exist when you learn anymore yeah. that you sit and do that much disciplined reas. Yeah, and that only happens with sangha you're sitting there with someone and you see them sitting there for four hours so you sit for four hours yeah. if you didn't see them you'd get up into half an hour yeah. this is why I started doing it I'm like you don't even see that yeah. So when you see me sit, even though I've got myself on mute, so you don't know what I'm singing, but I, I guide them, but they don't know what I'm singing, but I'll sit there and sing for four hours in my f in, in one chunk. And because they see me sitting there, oh Sharma Sharmi four hours, lende ya. Yeah. And so that's the biggest benefit of of learning together, I think.
1: And I also feel like because you've been You've been learning. You continued learning. I've been learning, at a at a lesser pace. I've always been learning through you, because we're close yeah. friends. We're yeah. really close friends. That's been the so, it, day one. Yeah. So I I sit down. You're singing something. Oh, out
0: of Zoom. What's going on? Zoom in. Uh, I mean focus. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. To those yeah, that don't know, I'm back. trying to make it focus. Oh, what's going on? That's really weird. Should I move in like that? Does that help? Okay. It's when I moved. Uh, there okay, okay. Yeah. just stop moving then, eh? Yeah. Okay. For those that are just listening you're always having some trouble with <laughs> uh with uh, focus. Yeah. Okay, yeah, what were you saying? You were saying about learning?
1: Yeah, so I've never felt like I've never been away from learning because of that. So I'm still learning, Yeah. even though I'm not learning, because we sit, I come over, you're like, I learned this, Bandish, I learned this, I'm learning yeah, this, I'm I was doing this. this, I'm working on this. Yeah. Or we sit down and yeah. we're sing, going to sing somewhere, and then we're singing together and it comes together again. Yeah, yeah, like I, the link may have been lost. If yeah. I didn't, if I didn't, like if I didn't have your company, I yeah. might, I might have just decided. Have yeah. yeah, at one point I might have just gone. nah this is this is it. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, or you know, like I and I, enjoy I drag
0: it. you through to a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <Like> I, I <laughs> yeah. force you to sing. Yeah, a lot yeah. of times.
1: Yeah, and you know, setting setting the stuff like you know, we'll sing here, we'll sing that, we'll sing that, yeah. and that that yeah. helps. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So that's a benefit. Like he would not be singing right now. Yeah, more more likely not be more likely not singing. Yeah, I agree to that. Like yeah. still be full shonky. Yeah, but not performing singing. Yeah, Practising. Practicing yeah. and performing singing. Um, if we weren't learning, or or we're not really learning together right now, but still sitting together and discussing music yeah. and doing that in company. So that's the biggest benefit. Oh, this is it's still focusing in and out when we move a lot. Okay, I'm let's take a few more of these and then just call it a day. Okay. Um, what is this? When do you know it's time to change your thoughts And how do you tell them about the move <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story You know this already The first time I oh, it's Focus, focus, please God damn it
1: I think you, I think it's Every time you move It's doing it Okay, See? so what if yeah. I just stand I yeah. just say here
0: yeah. It's really uncomfortable though Okay, that's okay We're going to be a little bit But The first time I went from a keithan teacher To a non keithan teacher I used to learn locally here and I learned for five, six years and learned heaps of And I went, I told my teacher that I'm going outside to learn of uh, Ustad Ali Khan, Masar Ali Khan. The grandsons of Bragalam Ali Khan, you know.
1: For you, those should that do know. Them, you, you should do this too Of course yeah, you yeah.
0: should do that. You learn from them like two lessons. <laughs> <laughs> so he should say, <laughs> uh, when I went to learn from them, I told these guys, I told this teacher that, look, I'm going. And at face value at first, he was like, okay, you're going, that's okay, that's good. And when I came back, I... Not happy. They were, uh, he was not happy. I, felt, yeah. I faced some stiff opposition. Because I was singing the Sapaars and this, this and the other. And then they were kind of mocking in that sense. And these are, the, these are the things that you go through when you learn, you know. And when I came back and I was showing him what, the Talim that I got, he was belittling the Talim indirectly, just saying this is nothing, this is not, which is not true. It was not. True. It was good. It was yeah. Fifteen it was years really later, good, yeah. I turn around. I'm like, that was really good talim that I yeah, got. Yeah. Really good talim, and uh, I guess it was just being belittled because the, maybe the person felt a bit threatened. I don't know, but um, there were uh, yeah. So there, it, it's a really. Del- I know why the person's asking this question right now because it's a really delicate scenario. Yeah. But at the end of it, you need to have maturity in your own um, decisions, and you need to trust your own decisions. If you're not learning something somewhere, uh, first you need to be at the sp- at the competence to know that you're not learning, which is that's which a is hard t- one to figure. It's a it. hard place. It's to hard to
1: know, it. know when you're learning whether what you're learning is good for you or not. Yes,
0: that's something that you only learn after afterwards, yeah. and it might be too late yeah. for that time. So that's a tough one. But I'll tell you this: if you if you don't like the person that you're learning from, like if you're not progressing the way you want to progress you should let them know and find someone else because either way, even if it's a bad decision for you, you shouldn't be living with that decision right now. Like you shouldn't be learning from someone you don't want to learn from even if it's good for you. Even if it's good for you because what are you doing? You're wasting your life right now. If you don't want to be into it, it's not good for the teacher either. If someone's not enjoying learning with me, I'd rather them leave. And even if they get better or worse, Talim, I don't, you know, I'm not going to be like you're getting worse, Talim, right now. Uh, You should learn properly because I'm like, if you don't enjoy learning with me, you don't want the stuff that I'm teaching I don't want you to be here anyway I want sincere students yeah um, so I guess at the end of the day you just have to ask yourself is the best best yeah, thing you it's a say. difficult because I remember it's us
1: difficult. us learning just Spartans for a very long time yeah, up, two, down, two years, up yeah. down, up, two down up, down that's all we learned yeah, and we we're, were probably at some point thinking that this isn't good it's not some point
0: the entire time yeah, yeah. the entire time I yeah. went from I went from knowing 130 rags, 127 rags, I remember specifically, after that I learned from the teacher, to doing One. a few Gujari spots for two and a half, three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legit, no composition. Yep. Well, there was a composition, <laughs> that traditional composition. And you just this spart again and again and again. Every time I go sit with them, spart again, spart again, spart. Now I know why. Yeah. Now I know why. And, and uh, back then I didn't know. Yeah. And so you can be stuck in that. A lot of this stuff comes in hindsight. So you have to find someone that has been through these experiences and they can guide you properly. That's where the, you know, there's a famous saying that's, Punjabi saying that says,
1: I think that too, but I think you should explain the idea, the differences between like a coach, a mentor, a guru, that type of stuff. Because I think that will be that what will help people make that decision like the, the differences, what, what you're really looking for from a person you're learning from, yeah. rather than about looking at what they, whether what they're teaching you is really good for you uh, or not. Because that's, about, a, that's a, something that can only come in hindsight. But yeah. what about the person's personality yeah. that, that says a big role. that says it's a tick or maybe not?
0: Yeah, Because I've had teachers, I don't want to start naming this, but I've had teachers that I've spent time with, uh, and I do have teachers that I spend time with, that I know... I don't click with them on, on a lot of levels. They're not motivational. They're not inspirational. Um, but I gained some, I gained, uh, some technical talim from them. So I go to them for that. I, I did go to them for that or whatever. And then there's other people you go to um, for the inspirational aspect. They motivate your ears. They inspire your yep. um, there's
1: So you people mean,
0: There's people for bandishes. There's people for bandishes. Yeah. I've learned from people all the time that I've just gone to them for the compositions, not the singing style. so you need to a good way to think of it and I was speaking to you about this three or four days ago is like mixed martial arts mixed martial arts when someone goes to face an opponent a lot of the times they'll say okay this person that I'm going to fight or face is a grappler so they get certain grapplers on board to help them develop that skill set self assessment is the best thing you can do in the arts sit back and be honest. What am I good at? What do I suck at? Then start seeing what do I suck at? And start working at how can that be fixed? Do I already know how to fix it? If you already know how to fix it, then start writing down how much hours I need to do, of what things to fix it. If you don't know how to fix it, then say how can I learn how to fix it? And that's when the teachers will come in. And then you need to find which teachers are good for you. And which teachers can address that. So I've had teachers all through my life that teach me completely different things. And I am the person that I am or the musician that I am just because I put all of that together. And that's yeah. what every musician does. Yeah.
1: But I think I think you should I think you should clear up the fact that you're not saying that you should learn from many people to learn many different things. I think you did that later on. I did that later on. Uh, when yeah. in in hindsight, when you're like, now this is my aim. Once it cleared up, you're like, I need these, 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 and things. I want to add it to my repertoire. Yeah. But to begin with, uh, you need to, to find a good teacher. And you need to, to find a good teacher, Maybe. and I would say that you want to find someone, or you want to you want to find someone who's motivational, who encourages. Yes. Yeah, see, you. but
0: I had someone like that earlier. Right. But the talim they gave was really bad. Was bad. Yeah. But, I mean, it, and I know it, that now, because I spent hours. Yeah, there. Yeah, I would, go to, I would go to them in the morning, yeah. and then we'd sit for two, three hours. Then I'd do six hours a hours non-stop, which is, you know, the, six hours a hours non-stop. I, I still remember, I'd go in the morning at like 7, 8 a.m., and then I'd get to the house. Then we'd sit for two hours, two, three hours. Then I'd come back, and then I'd do the hours from like nine
1: to three or four. But I think, right. you, were, I think you were very, when you were learning from that person, was you were very, very positive. Yeah. You were very positive. I was very positive, yeah. Uh, and you came out of that uh, going, I want to do music. Yeah. Uh, if I was a musician, yeah. I would want to be like this person. Now yeah. you have more, maybe you have lots of different skills now compared to that person. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But you, I think even in hindsight, we look at that personality and go, that was a good person. Like we would want to be a musician like that person,
0: not skill-wise. Yeah. So I would do that six hours and I'd go back to him at night. So I was doing like four hours of talim and six hours of individual practice just in the middle of the day. Then I'd come back at night and sing again. So it was just the whole day was spent in learning, and what did I learn? Not much. Yeah. Not much, um, but you're right. You're right. Uh, a spark, like a fire, was kind of lit. Yeah. Which is good. But say, what if I stayed with that person for ten years?
1: Yeah, you would. Yeah, it would have been yeah. a
0: waste of um, waste of time. I would have wasted all that dalim, I would have wasted time that I could have gotten talim. So you need to be careful. That I was I was only with them for a few years. Um, so in that sense, it was a saving grace. I also I
1: also feel like that person was good enough to say, "You're ready to learn from someone else now." I, yeah. th- I feel like that person was a good enough personality that way to say you've reached. You know, you're kind of. I've given you what I need to give you. You can learn from someone else, or yeah, you know, yeah, I recommend yeah. you to go to this person. Yeah. I feel like that person was like that personality.
0: Yeah, but that conversation. Was but let's go. Let's go. I to, had to make it's that, a hypothetical. I had to make that call myself, right? Yeah. Which is what the tough part, tough thing is. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, we focus, we focus again. Ah, oh, jeez, sorry guys. He put- what if I just stay back? Sorry guys, this is just all messed up. I don't know what happened, we should have did- Focus on my hand. Okay, we're good, so... now, Hey,
1: not anymore.
0: We're just trying to focus to those that are listening.
1: Maybe that means we have to be somewhere here.
0: Okay, you know, like maybe a, if I just stay here. Like this distance is maybe yeah, the right let go, distance. move your hand. Let's see if it goes away. If I stay here, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Okay. Um, okay, how to do Bharat of a the simplest way. Okay, this is a good question, but there's a few ways to do it. The first way is the way that Kirana Kirana does it, which is very common, very common. Everyone's taken that on board now, um, which is Sur by Sur. So, the first thing you look at, say if you take toddi, which is a lot of people who have done that, so I'll take that as an example. Komal re Komal ga, Gujri toddi. First thing is sa. So, you develop that sa using the mandra sabtak. Sa is your upper cap. So, you're not going to go above sa. Then, once you develop that, you take an avartan or avartan is a beat cycle. You take an avartan or two avartans developing up to that sa. Then you start knocking on the door of re, is how it's been explained to me and how I understand it. You start introducing that next note, and then in the next avartan, you're going to start, uh, your upper limit becomes Komalre. And now you're using all the notes below it to help prop up that komal re. And then you go to komal ga, then you go to Tiburma, and then slowly, slowly, you see a very systematic way of opening the rags. That's one way. Another way of doing Bharat is, like a chain link kind of method, which, which, um, a lot of instrumentals have used, which means that, say if my phrase starts at Sa, and then I go into the Mandra subject Sa, Ni, dha ma, dha, ma, Dha, Ni, Sa, Re, Ga, and I take a pause there. My next phrase will start at Ga. Ga, Re, Ga, Re, Sa, and I finish at the Sa, like that. So I start the next one, Sa, Re, Ga, Re, Ga, Ma, Dha, and take a pause at Dha, because it's Gujri. Then next, right, Dha, Ma, Dha, Ma, Ga, Ma, Dha, Ma, Re, Ga, Re, Sa, like that. So, this chain link kind of method of doing a Bharat. Then the last one's an abstract one that Bhadikhans have used and only he used, which is he described it as anajana. Asthai ka bhadana, ka badna. It's a very subjective kind of way of explaining it, which just means that it's hard to explain it. You can kind of see it when you listen to his music. That the general way the alap is structured. Um, is in the in the antra, uh, sorry in the Asthai, the alaps tend downwards and in a closing kind of fashion, fashion that close towards the mukhra of the composition. And the flip of that is in the Antra, the alaps open up upwards, and uh, they don't have a closing tendency. Or oh, hor kholde kholde and they reflect the antra composition, the mukhra of the antra, not the mukhra of the astai. And they're not restricted by, this is not restricted by scale, like the kirana style is. You can start singing and sing whatever you want from whichever part of the scale you want. Whereas yeah. kirana will be like, I'm not going to go above sa for m-
1: It's more of a sense of bandish badat bar- 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 than a rag Rag
0: bar- r- badat, which is what Gwalior does as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the like the modern day, a lot of the stuff that we hear from modern day musicians, badat, can be at times an excuse to prolong a performance. Yeah, I feel that a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So you're working up to re and then ma and then pa because if you work your rag that way, it's gonna take 50 minutes to do the performance and you're performing for one and a half hours, you're gonna sing one rag, a bunch of tumri's gazals, uh, something light and finish. Yeah, so I've seen that I've seen that a lot but I think the Gula, if you sing the uh, like the Badegulam Ali Khan style and mm. you reveal everything straight away, away it means you now have to produce content for the next 50 minutes that's new yeah. but you've already done everything that someone who, who in Bharat would have done and taken 35 minutes to do Yeah, yeah, and it's a different to, approach it's, and okay. then you think Salamat Ali Khan as well Salamat Ali Khan had to, his totally own way to do his own Bharat as well Yeah, which was uh, uh, like a Vulambath slow bandish bass so he would work the words and the sur into the in, into yeah. the thing, and then slowly work his way up as well. He would work, but his it's way more up. about the bandish. He wouldn't he wouldn't sing the words of a valambath completely, yeah. uh, until the 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 bandish's words got to that sur.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but now we're also getting into the difference between bandish vistar and rag vistar. Yeah, which is a different world. Yeah, because first bandish vistar has to happen, uh, where you do the rag Bharat, but it has to reflect the composition. And once that's done and dusted and finished, then you yep. go on to Raag which then ignores the composition, uses the words. But what I mean, I think Badaik
1: Khan was trying to do them both. At, uh, sorry, Salamat Ali Khan was trying to do both, both at, the, at same the same time. time? Right. Yeah. Right. Like I know he's Miyamala, He sings, uh, uh, you know, he sings, uh, what is he sing? Badariya uh, Barse. Yeah. He doesn't sing another word. Of the antra uh, of the astaya of that bandish, like for for example in the vlambat, until the the the, the Sur has got to the point where he can now because the bandish goes up to there the that composition he'll now sing the composition yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, okay let's do this let's do one more where it's rap here we go let's okay. do one more it's because you started moving your hands when all you right. start moving your hands all right. then it s- picks up your hand okay no I'll just move up here all right but just don't move your hands all right okay. here. It's you want to choose one yeah all right and then we'll wrap on that one. Uh, There's one about Keetan tradition What's um, Why is Keetan tradition tied down Actually just leave it You choose whatever you want We'll talk about that
1: Let's do this one If you could meet Ustad Khan sahab What would you talk about Let's do this
0: one <sighs> If I'm being honest Yeah I think uh, You should never meet your idols
1: it ruins it. It, it ruins it, it for it. you.
0: <laughs> I think you should... No, I'm being honest. I'm yeah, being honest. Yeah, true. I agree. I, I think you should not meet your idols. Like right now, you know, he's a man that is immortalized yep. for his musical capacity. Yep. Now he comes tomorrow and then you see him fight with this subjeebala and you're like, why are you fighting with this guy? Or fight with his wife. Or fight with his My wife, with you him, know, yeah. all this stuff. Yep. And, and this is human nature. Like people are like these People have their flaws and X, Y, and Z. So you shouldn't wish for these things because you have someone right now that you can aim to be towards, and that's a big thing to have in your life. Yeah. So you should hold on to that. But if I was to meet him, then I think I wouldn't really talk about the specifics of music, mm. um, because I don't think one meeting would be sufficient for me to pick up that. Mm. No. I think to learn music from him or learn anything about music from him would would require a long time. Yes. Like you know, it's the nature of the the art form. But if I had one meeting with the man, then I would ask him questions that talk about the motivation for the hours i think he's the kind of person that you walk away from fully charged for the hours you meet him once and for the next four years you have real motivation for the hours yeah i think that's what you walk away with so i think what i would ask him would be along those lines you know why why, um something about the hours something about hours something about practice and i think he would drop a few gems because it's not just that he's knowledgeable in that sense. Someone that's gone through that process naturally has those gems. Yeah, they develop them. you know they, yeah. they say these things and they, they don't have to fake it. These guns, the, whatever they're saying, they've lived it, so it means something. So I think if you talk start talking about Reals with him, he would say a few things that will motivate you for the next few years. I think that's what I would look for from him. And then I'd ask him if I can have a Surmundo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, we need that. Yeah. We, we were on a, we were on a cord mission for his. Yeah, standpoint. that's for another it's day. It's a secret location. We're not going to tell anyone. That's because yes. we're going to get it. Yeah. Eventually. His,
0: one of his town put in Pakistan. Somewhere. Oh, you said
1: Pakistan. Now you not. I mean, maybe
0: I'm saying it to send everyone to Pakistan, right? True, true. Yeah. I could be in like, yeah. it's actually, Belgium in, it, or something. it's actually in Botswana. Yeah. 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 So we're on a hunt. But anyways, yeah. what would you ask him?
1: I think, I think the, but I'd ask him what's wrong, or not what's wrong, but what's, in my music that I should develop? Mm. I think that's a simple question. Uh, and because the people who, you look at your own music a specific way, uh, and that doesn't even, that doesn't even, not even Badeglamikhan, if I ask you to listen to my music, you can see what's wrong, what the issues are, uh, that even a recording of yourself can't tell you. I think that the insight you'd get from him telling you, uh, or, and that doesn't just include him, I think we should everyone, ask that yeah. question from everyone, yeah. and say, what's the issue here? What you, What do you like? What didn't you like? And I think that he would, He'd probably come up with a, I mean, this is completely hypothetical, but he would say, look, your voice its this, uh, and this is what you should be working on, or this yeah. is what your strength is, this is what I see. And we, we, I mean, we do have examples of where he did do that, did do that, especially with Prashun, uh, 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 one of our... Yeah, uh, Brashun Banerjee. Prashun Banerjee. Uh, um, our teacher's teacher. Our teacher's teacher, where, you know, he advocated a different style for him than he was, Barigalami Khan himself was singing. Yeah. Purely to say, this is what suits you, this is what you're singing, you work with this. And he was totally different. He was a totally different singer to economic That guy was a Mean King. Mean King. Mean yeah. King. Yeah. For those
0: that don't know, you have to listen to his Coffee Canada. Coffee Canada. And it's you'll see what caliber of musician yeah. he was. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, let's wrap there. It's been like two hours, I think. Okay. And I need to make more charm and <laughs> get this done with. All right, cool. Well, okay that's good th- Jenga.